You are listening to Shoot and Scoot, the Flames of War, Team Yankee, Fade of a Nation, NARM and Great World podcast that tries to make sense of the weird and wonderful world of 15mm wargaming with our tongues firmly in our cheeks, our pans as flat to the ground and our dice, more often than not, Flames of Shoot and Scoot every episode. We invite you to join us on our many hobby misadventures on Facebook and on the blog at BreakthroughAssault.co.uk and to shop online at Badford Hobbies because Hammy has the Warlord game Starter Armies at 20% off. If nice dice are your vice, then to be sure, to be sure, to be sure, check out the diceofwar.com.au, our podcast sponsor here at Shoot and Scoop, as they are running a three for two offer soon. No, it's now. I think. I think it's now. now. I think it's officially it now. Now, apparently. Yeah, I think do it. If it's not now, then buy five instead. Yes. I'm Eddie Fez Turner, broadcasting from somewhere in the south of England, and I'm joined by my co-hosts Duncan Double Dutch Gosling. Yep, uh, I've, we've tried to clear the area of all domestic appliances this episode. And Lee, Soviet T-80 intensifies Parnell. Welcome to episode 34, the one where we've played some games again. Ooh. Lee, what are we talking about tonight? Well, so tonight, as some, the avid listener will probably work out, we talk about what we've been up to in Faces Spaces Something Something. We'll then um, pick up on what we didn't cover in the last episode, which was the um, Ewan Hughes Army of the Falschermaker, which one of my listeners sent in. And then we will do an uh, Officer Answers. Is that in the new segment called Barely Remembered Content from last month? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, no, that, was, that was where we all agreed that uh, it was running too late and that we should do it next time, but didn't actually put it in the cast to say that that's what we were doing. <laughs> uh, yeah, did uh, we mention it? I thought we did mention it. No, we didn't. I, I listened again to it. We mentioned it at the beginning about what's going on. <laughs> just, oh, right. oh, they just, just, ah, just right. lost over it. Never, yeah, never mentioned fine. it again, yeah. So. yeah. <laughs> the lost episode. Yeah, whoopsie. All right. Faces, bases, something and something that... Top secret painting tenant. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> something something depends whatever we're working on at that precise moment. Yeah. yeah. Camo. Oh. In your case, lots of green, though. Lots of green, yeah. Because I've been um, finishing up with Brits, with um, British infantry, and then I was doing um, BMP freeze. You got probably hobby magpie there, didn't you? Uh, yeah, that was nowhere near your radar. You bought them, picked them up, built them, and then started, oh. Actually, it's quite nice. I should paint them, yeah. Because if, we, if we remember, I think the last episode I was trying to do my finish off my desert Brits by doing their um, CVRTs, and yeah. yeah, that didn't happen. That didn't happen. I, mean, yeah. I built them. I built them. They are waiting to be painted. They're waiting to be um, like stowed up and all that kind of stuff. But um, yeah, apparently, three boxes of the starter set was enough to sway me into yep. building and painting oh, some Soviets, and, and then clawing <laughs> around on the internet to look for Soviet storage from the mid eighties for T eighties. It's not just yeah. trainers that they've looted. <laughs> yeah, shell suits. Yeah, asking my asking my friendly t- um, tank officer um, if the, ever, the British Army threat assessment ever went as far as assessing what the stowage would be. <laughs> yeah. Apparently, it didn't. No, it's a... See, that's why I cover my tank in sombreros. It can use the head out of the enemy. <laughs> what looted from a, a Mexican eatery? <laughs> yeah. I like the idea. Didn't someone say about a looted boombox? Putting that yeah. on. Yeah, I might go back and visit on the T-80s. But... Can you put David Hasselhoff on there? Can you loot David Hasselhoff? I looted David Hasselhoff? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe for the East Germans, that might work. Yeah, I can That'd see be cool, that'd be... yeah. Because yeah. the Germans aren't too far apart in, the, in their ideology when, they, when you get really get down to it. So. Or musical tenants. No. <laughs> yeah. Oh. But no, the BMPs were... I mean, I was trying out the old... Um, 
panel shading. That looks lovely, by the way. They look really, really good. Yeah, I think it came out a bit more subtle than I was expecting, which might be because I went with two thin coats, and the second coat probably wasn't as thin as it should have been. Yeah, my, my, dad, my dad did the same when it all hit for the uh, model aeroplanes. Mm-hmm. And he said he spent about 35 minutes putting this beautiful pre-shade layer. And then he forgot that he was using like a, a heavier primer spray. And just went, went, oh, well, that was a waste of time. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Obfuscate all of that. So I tried doing it the first time with my Thunderbolts back at the open day. And that, and that happened. I, then, I put the aluminium on and there was mm-hmm. nothing showed through. So, yeah. I was, oh, okay, I'll, I'll just go and do a washer in that case. Um, but this time, like I say, though it's subtle, it does kind of show through, which is what I was kind of hoping for. So I might try it, get the coat a bit thinner on the T80 and see if I can get a, a little more pronounced, but without going to the extremes of what I, it would look like with the one coat. Which I'm yeah, we were saying the one coat is a bit leery. You almost need yeah. like a coat and a half. Mm-hmm. But it looked, it looked really cool. They they looked, um, they looked very nice just for being, you know, essentially flat green. It wasn't flat green, obviously, but um, you know, just for a green model. They looked really cool yeah. with the, the bumpies. Yeah. I, I probably should be a bit braver and gone with the camo like I was going to, but I think flat green just, it's just, it's 1980s. It looks cool. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. We've we been doing Duncan. Me, I've been painting Dutchman. Lots and lots of Dutchman. Lots uh, of Dutch. Yeah. Um, I painted up some YP756s, which were just the finish of the transport so that I can do now the. Um, Infantry company because I've got all the infantry painted. Yeah, that's, that's, their, that's their infantry fighting vehicle, like a Bradley, isn't it? It is. Yeah, it's got a twenty-five millimeter cannon, I think, in it. It's quite high though. It's really, it's really tall. I was, I was surprised because normally, you know, you thought you'd want a quite a low silhouette if you've got basically no armor. But um, and you're fighting, fighting in the lowlands. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's quite a, a, a tall vehicle. But um, it's a problem you get with modern APCs. Is you're kind of designing a ninetieth percentile, but people have got you know better diets and got bigger. Yeah. I think, like you say, the Dutch generally would be quite tall anyway, so you design something around them, it's going to be... It's really, yeah, and the turret's even taller on the top, but it's, it's quite mm. a handy little vehicle. It's, um, it's got a rate of fire of two moving, three stationary, and I think it's 88. Yeah, it can hold it up so it gets a BMP, isn't that? You know, yeah, it, that's yeah. all it's... Yes, it can. That's all it's designed to do. And then I also painted up some Pratt, the uh, tow launcher version. Yeah. Not Chris Pratt. Not Chris Pratt, unfortunately. Um, That's just the same yeah. chassis with the hammerhead thing. Like it a, is. Yeah, yeah they, they, oh, they Chris, built... Chris Pratt's a hammerhead? Yeah. <laughs> no, that's, that's, yeah, that's yeah, exactly what happened to me. Ooh, uh, um, Hollywood, you can never tell these days. No, absolutely not. Um, but yeah, that, it's, it's a, that's, again, a handy... I'm sure I've got another box. I've been thinking about this. I'm, I'm trying to work out where I've put them because I'm, I'm sure I had enough to do two um, platoons of Pratt's. So, um, you know, because you can have them, I think, in each. Um, so the Armoured Infantry and the Panzer um, companies can both have them. The Recce can't. So I think I, I thought I had enough to do both, you know, because it's quite cheap to do the infantry and yeah. squeezing a second Armoured formation even uh, with the Dutch. I thought I had enough to do two because there are only six points for four. And, you know, it's four toe shots. It's not, it's not to be sneezed at. Definitely not, um, no. But I can't find it now, so I'm gonna to have to I'm gonna to have to rummage through the pile of shame and see see where they've gone to because they were quite I, handy. 
Because, yeah, given the Dutch don't have Milans, they have their own um, dragon. crappy dragon. Yeah. yeah. They, um, <laughs> let me confuse the angry dragon. No, no. Um, <laughs> That's I Puff. Think... Yeah, Puff the magic dragon. Yeah. I think you kind of need those um, prats because like, so they give you that anti-tank 21. And being hammerhead, yeah. those makes them really hard to deal with as well. Yeah, they're quite handy. I mean, we'll, we'll talk about this in the games, but I've, I've, I've also located my box of NATO's um, first line box with some um, Leopard 1s and the helicopters in as well. Yeah. So I, I might have a look at them. I've never painted helicopters, so we'll see. And I've, I've, I've been doing some uh, reinforcing of the checks as well. So I bought some stuff, but I haven't really painted anything for that. Yeah, but um, I got the Gaskins and and some Storms, um, and then I've got some lovely T64s to to paint as well. Cool. Thanks to uh, thanks to Lee's starter box sets. Well, I, I already had enough T64, so I thought I'd um, share share their um, share the love. Yeah, I, I do need some T80s though now because they they they've gone from well they've gone from being good on paper just being now nah, these just good. To be just raw terrified. Just yeah. <laughs> like, just, what on earth are you supposed to do with this? The only way to um, avoid being run over by them is to be in one. Yes. <laughs> Back you go. But um, that's it. I've, I've, I've had a little bit of a break. Actually, the um, the Dutchies have, have come back on now um, into the onto the uh, painting list, which is nice because the, the trouble with them is because they're all essentially green. Everything's green. Yeah. Just endless green. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to do it in little fits and starts, otherwise I think you get sort of monochrome blindness of you know looking at it and going, oh, it's a lot. It's a lot. But no, that's 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 me. Um, I have been on a bit of a games workshop bend at the moment. Have you? Yes. <laughs> um, building stompy robots. And... Oh, you have stompy yeah. small robots. Yeah, very small, stompy robots. So I've been doing Adeptus Titanicus uh, with the starter set. I've been very re- restrained, I think. <laughs> and I've only bought the starter set. I'm going to finish that before, before I buy any more models. So. It is a good starter set. It is good. It, there's quite a lot of work here, to be fair. I'm, I think I've loaded a full sense of security having got the 6mm Epic models. Going, oh, they're only Titans. It's just two legs and a thingy. <laughs> You know, and then you get the model. You say, oh, okay, so each piston's individual, and that needs to go. Oh gosh, okay. Like I said, this is why this is why I call them tiny giant, uh, the tiny giant stompy oh, robots. Oh, yeah, no, totally. Um, so yeah, so those I'm doing some uh, for my. We're making progress with my uh, Aeronautica Imperialis. Uh, doing my orcs at the moment as well. That orcs. Um, and then on a. On a 15 mil sort of note, I've been going through and actually started organising. Um, well, today actually, I spent a lot of time organising just my the cards and dice and tokens because um, I've, I've realised I've taken about three different sets uh, to tournaments and get games and things, mm-hmm. and then not correlated it all back together. So I'm sitting. Oh, there, okay. Yeah, orphaned. Yeah. Orphaned dice. Or, housekeeping. Oh my gosh! Yeah, it was terrible. I was trying to find my Polish cards the other day, and I just couldn't. Um, you do need a Dewey Decimal System or something like that. I you know. do. I mean, I was inspired because obviously I've got the um, the Dice of War card wallets now. They're so brilliant. They've got I've got a home for all the cards to start living in. Millions of cards that you get now. Yeah, mm. to pick out the ones I actually need. Because um, I normally I'm quite blasé about the cards because it's a case of well, you know, worst case scenario, I'll, I'll, you can get the packs of them. Um, 
but then you can't do that for everything. So I realised that my Canadian cards are actually, you know. Yeah, there is no car pack for Canadians. There's no car pack for Canadians. There's no car pack for West Germans. So I'm just like, oh, okay, maybe I should take more care of these and put them together and, and not lose the actual cards before I even get the models to a games table. Yep. Yeah, there's no car pack for the Dutchies. Yeah. So uh, no, the little wallets are really good. They they really do help. Um, yeah, because Lee's not got a Soviet one, have Yeah. So when we were playing the other night, it was just like had cards just in a little plastic bag and I was hunting through them to find admittedly I only had four I needed but even so it's just like oh, where's that like, shulker card where's that shulker card it's like turning up to gym class with a, ca- a Tesco's carrier bag isn't it <laughs> <laughs> well it was just um, going to some dark places in Fess's background now I think yep so. yep right Pants and yep. tragic backstory yeah <laughs> Pants and Vest sorry Pants and Vest yeah no, it's, it's been good it's been good um I think the main the main blow for my my hobby direction has been losing warfare. Yeah, yeah I that was a... really do, having having tournaments and events coming up really does help focus. I would agree. That having games coming up, like I painted those Prats and those YP seven five sixes, just because we had a game coming up. They've been sat like the the the. Prats have been were assembled, painted, and everything in like two days. Um, whereas the the YPs have been sat there since I think probably April time, like just undercoated because there was no it's point. Al- it's always amazing how much progress you can make in a little in a little time. You know, especially for those projects that sit there for quite a while. I tend to find you kind of put it off, just think of you know you've got these misconceptions, and then you kind of get into it and you go, actually, this isn't too bad. And yeah, it's not finished, finished, but. They're not finished. No. Looks a hundred times better than it would have done had I not been Well, I've, I've I've been looking at that because there's that challenge, isn't there? People have started doing where you know a hobby a day, just doing something every day because it uh, the momentum I think is very important. Like I lose momentum all the time, and the problem with that is that trying to get it back again is is pretty tough. Um, you know, whereas if you can actually keep going with something, it, it makes a big difference. I think. Yeah. It's one of those different mindsets between it doesn't have to be a big session. It can literally just be five minutes. Yeah. Yeah, doing decals or something for 20 minutes. and Oh, don't. I found I was, I found my Polish decals and I realised how many I've got to put on those bloody mm-hmm. T-72s. Yep. They look good when they're done. Many. Gosh, many, 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 many decals. Or you just weather them <laughs> and pretend they're covered by mud. Well, no, they're going to be. That's going to be most of the track stuff. That's the track attempt. But I think because one of the reasons I picked the Polish was because they had something differentiate them visually from generic Soviet Russian tank. Um, Although after our game, I'm (laughs) rewind. (laughs) So uh, yeah, we played a game, didn't we, boys? Yeah, we did. We played some. We serviced some Team Yankee, which. On a was it a six by four? It was a six by four board. So a six by four board, sixty points felt like pretty good, I think. It was on a six by four board. If you've seen the pictures on the blog, it was a very open urban board. It had twenty eight millimeter scale roads in it. So big um, wide yeah, thoroughfares. Like, like yeah, big thoroughfares and a couple of clumpy bits of 
buildings and you know hodgepodge of what we had, I had had knocking around in the garage. Um, it's a bit impromptu, wasn't it? Because yeah, I, yeah. I forgot to bring my. I've actually got some ty buildings and I've got them. Um, well, I don't know what else we could have fit on the board. Well, there are only it's only the oil um, tanks and stuff like that, and um, I can't think. But the, what I was thinking when I first looked at it, I thought that's quite sparse. But then once we both deployed, we kind of rapidly ran out of room. I can see the problem that people people have been playing a hundred points on six by fours fully. Uh, no, yeah, they were playing hundred and twenty. Yeah, that's that's crazy. Yeah. So one of the things I think like we try to do is try and find um, like some like trucks, like lor- articulated tr- lorries. Oh yeah. Because then that provide like some linear terrain on the road sections. Oh. Yeah, cars and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I was, cool. I was thinking. I was thinking about this because one of the things that was hurting the game, certainly against yours versus Duncan's game, was there um was that sort of those kill zones effectively over the roads, like because I mean this in this scale that road is effectively like a like a four lane autobahn effectively. Yeah. Which is, which is cool. I mean, it works for an urban, you know, urban area kind of thing. Um, and so I was thinking, was just like get some like reflect that by getting some heavy trucks in there, and but it gives you a fairly substantial piece of linear terrain in the road, yeah. to, especially with jackknife it, that kind of thing. That's, yeah. a, that's a good idea. Well, just even cars, like it doesn't yeah. like trucks and cars and vans and all Local, kinds of. Uh... Yeah, Tut. went over to um, Gage Master, which is the railway store, which is, it turns out, literally five minutes from my house. Oh, right. Um, which is where oh. I sent a picture of the uh, the Tamiya uh, Flak 36s. Well, the That's endless, big... yeah. <laughs> where where they, they had like 24 of them on the shelf. I want to do Camp Group Skoda in 156s. Yeah, but they also got a whole load of the uh, stuff for Engage, which... Is that one, the right scale? It's close enough. Yeah, so it's 182, um, but TT is 112, and it always looks too small. Mm. So it's it, it, yeah, it's close. It's like I say, close enough, especially given okay. how slightly oversized, but a lot of the Team Yankee stuff looks sometimes. So. Yeah. So I'll, what I do is I go see if they've got any articulated lorries and stuff. Yeah. Because I quite like that idea, and then just airbrush, dirty them up with an airbrush, and yeah, slap some mud and. Uh, Crap yeah, one of the things I do need to make is just some generic rubble um, footprints. Because that's the way of doing it to film some of the areas is have a building that's partially collapsed, so you've got a yeah. whole bunch of debris blocking the area. Yeah, just have it count count as woods. I've got the sea containers as well. I'll bring next time. Oh down. yeah, you have, don't you? In the skips. Yeah, I completely forgot them. I, I, I realised the, the point was even even though the board was fairly open, well, very open really, it was still you still <laughs> it was still. <laughs> Quite hard to manoeuvre around with. Yeah, it, it created a really interesting technical um, technical challenge. Actually, it was um, yeah. dancing around it. using the cover that was available. Yeah, yeah. It's, I, I, I find that a little bit of a flames of war as well in the tournament scene, where every table was pretty much like a bocage table, mm. and then you ended up going, "Well, actually, my my tigers would quite like to have use of their range. There has to be one board where range can help me, surely." Yeah, well, yeah. So it's always a trade-off about having too much or too little i think that there's it's a hard balance to strike but yeah you're paying a lot of points for some of those things to have a long range and yeah. um i appreciate you can't have everything being completely open all the time like you do need a healthy amount of terrain but it doesn't have to all be you know view obstructing either i think you yeah. did that in the desert didn't you they like pot, like patches of broken ground which didn't yeah, block patch, broken ground escarpments just to give some like I mean, a lot of the terrain I, I did was really there for concealment rather than blocking, just so you mm-hmm. had like these 
gentle rises, which didn't obscure you, but it gave you something to go hold down and just get some cover. It's, it's, yeah. it's, it, it seems to work. I, I think one of the important things to do on a, a table is linear, is linear terrain. Yeah. Blob terrain is actually not that helpful a lot of the time, whereas linear terrain done nicely can make an open board you can still manoeuvre around whilst you know, exploiting fire lines and getting cover kind of thing. Yeah. I might have to look at getting though, because didn't um, Battlefront do the billboards as well? They had like a billboards line, I think. Yeah, which is very, 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 cool. very American billboards for like for Germany. But yes, they, yeah. they did they did do them. Because someone did a recall Back to the Future one that had like two little streaks going towards it. Yeah, <laughs> I'm again, find... again, that's quite cool. Just for your obstructing bits. I've got a yeah. feeling that might have been direct only. Oh really? Yeah, I think it's on their web store. I think that's why you haven't seen it around in the websites and stuff because it's. Oh. Well, I mean. Yeah. Are they still doing their free shipping? I think, I think the free shipping's gone. Oh, oh well. Now we just have to make a decent order. Yeah. Make it worthwhile. So we had looked doing 75 points, but because Duncan was slacking, we, um, we had to do it around 60 points. Well, the problem with my Dutch is I haven't painted an army's worth. I've just painted whatever has tickled my fancy at any particular time. So whatever I ended up with is like... Lots three of half companies. <laughs> well, three half companies of stuff, none of which actually, yeah, works properly. I, I could have done. I could have probably done actually the whole of the, um, recce thing, but that would have just meant I'd had a ton of <laughs> pointless recce vehicles yeah. running terrified from everyone. Right, just confirm those large signs are direct only. I'm just looking at them now on the website. Man, Google's things on the internet. Yep. Live. Live. Live updates. <laughs> Breaking news. How much are they though? Because that was the other thing that is ringing a bell. Uh, not me. logged in, so it's saying ten US dollars. I have to try and switch to. Which is what about thirty-five p now, isn't it? <laughs> well, wait, 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 we have to add tariffs into that come come December, oh, yeah. so uh, it all gets a bit. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. So we went to sixty points, which that worked well, out. Well, Duncan and I did. Uh, Lee de- decided to deploy his. Um, we realised before the start of the game. Yeah. I was going, actually, this does look like quite a lot more expecting. This. Only, only when Duncan said, yeah, that's a lot of stuff. <laughs> well, yeah. I was just looking at it going, oh my good God. Almost six pounds. So the large signs are six pounds, the small signs are two pounds fifty. There you go. Oh, that's not bad. Hmm. But yeah, but, so, um, hmm. so you guys went first. So we had yep. Poles versus the Dutch. Yeah, buddy. And Duncan was going very defensive, if I recall correctly. I, I did. I thought that was what the Dutch would have probably done. Uh, definitely, yep. So, yeah, so you, you rolled up um, Bridgehead. Yeah, which is cool. I've not played that one before. It was an interesting mission. Yeah, it's like the old cauldron of old, but sort of tweaked up. So, I, yeah, I had to deploy in uh, a box, essentially, didn't I, in my deployment zone? Yeah. Which um, Which was quite constrictive, actually. So what, yeah. what was your company? Your company was a... So mine was a, a YP756 infantry company. Right, so it's mech. Right. Yeah, so it's mech. So I had the uh, company commander, um, two full-strength platoons of... Uh, it was four stands of infantry, three cargo staffs, and two dragons. So okay. they're, they're quite good. I think they're only nine points, and you get four vehicles as well, transport vehicles. And then information as well was the Pratt uh, anti-tank launchers, 
and the Purtles with Purtle. the RTO. Um, Purtle, I choose you. Yeah, <laughs> Squirtle. Um, yeah, the uh, Gepard knockoff, essentially. <laughs> knockoff Gepard. Knockoff Gepard. Um, and then uh, also, in so in place of the what you can do in the infantry companies, you can take a tank company as a information choice. Oh, my so God. I'd take in the Leopard 2s in formation, so I had three Leopard 2s. And I think that was broadly it. Basically, yeah, almost everything was in formation. So it was 65 points. Of, Which made for a very away. strong list, yeah. Yeah, all, all in formation. But, um, yeah, it's it's quite it's quite nice being able to put those Leopard 2s in, in and count as, you know, essentially a unit that um, can add to your break. Just and that. if they were half your points for the entire army. They were half my points roaming around. Well, Actually, it worked out as well for 75 points. They, they count as the 40% still. Yeah. Three of them is, is just enough for, yeah. Which is good, given, like, mobile firepower. But, uh... Oh, yeah. What did you have, Eddie? Uh, I have my, my Polish T-72M company. Um, so I had the HQ, two platoons of five, one of which had uh, mine clearers, because you never know when they're going to be useful. Um, then I had uh, two Shilkers and a BMP1 company, which was mid potato. Yeah, so that was nine, nine BMP1s. There's still a lot of them, yeah, I know. Uh, because I realized that I had painted the infantry over lockdown, so I was like, Yes, we'll get those bad boys on the board. <laughs> yeah, some hails, didn't you, as well? Some hails, yes, yeah, so that was information. Out of formation, I had some hails. And some BDM 60s, the little scout cars. Oh, BRDMs, yep. Yeah, BRDMs. Were they out of them? Wait, they're not actually in the formation? No. Okay. Oh. Normally they are. weird, yeah. He says, I may well be wrong, but I, I don't think they were in formation. Because, uh, yeah, the only, the only add-on, you get the infantry, you get the um, AA shilkers, but you don't get the... You don't get scouts normally information for the Polish. Hmm. Okay. He says. I'm probably wrong. I could have got uh, Well, I say, it's just because say it's in East Germans and Czechs do. Yeah. That's why yeah. I was kind of surprised. <sighs> he but Poles, me might be, Poles might be different. It's, it's, He's calling me on it, isn't he? There you go. One second. One second then. I'm not calling you on it. I'm just saying. I'm conceding the Poles might be unique in this. Do they did their own thing. Bang Eagles thing in an internet argument. <laughs> You know, it's coming, it's loading. Yeah, so, oh, yeah, great. I, I enjoyed Duncan's defensive position on the actual petrol station. Which oh, is... yes, with the dragon. <laughs> Two dragons sat on the petrol station roof. Yeah. That was my linchpin in my defence, was that petrol station. Unfortunately, Eddie then ranged in the first turn, and yeah. it was, uh, yeah, the repeat bombardment really hurt. It, it didn't It didn't initially hurt, like, from the first turn it landed. But it just it just grinds you, grinds you, grinds you, like turn after turn. It's horrible. Those yeah, hails. Are... What? Lee's actually right. There are information. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Communism <laughs> intensifies. Back to the education yeah. camp, obviously. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, yeah, so you had a nice a nice core of your. Uh, yeah, so I had everything on the table apart from the leopards and the leopards were one unit in reserve, and I had two minefields that were on a crossroads in the centre, weren't they? Middle of the board, yeah, annoying things. 
<laughs> um, so I got a cheeky flank. So I sent five, uh, my two BDRMs down there and uh, my five uh, T-72s cramming down the little four-inch gap down the side of the table. Yeah, <laughs> sneaky. That was probably sneaky, B. Yeah, I had the the rest of the army just... The the, the, the uh, BMPs just kind of lined up across the middle of the board because I figured, hopefully, if I can knock out your AT missiles, they'll be all right there and I can just drive forward and do whatever. Um, and then the other T-72 unit with the HQ went around the left, cutting through some buildings to try and put pressure on the other, other infantry unit and the other objective. Yeah. Um, so first round of firing, T-72s took out one of the, the half-tracks, not half-tracks, one of the one of the APC yeah, missile things. And then uh, mass saga fire obliterated pretty much all the others. <laughs> yeah, that was insane. The... Like all the sagas streaking across the table, all nine of them. And I think there's one left, wasn't there? And then, uh, and then the hails came down. I know yeah. the hails went first, didn't they? Sorry, the hails, the hails went first, and I think they killed one infantry stand. So I was like, oh, that's not too, that's not too yeah. bad. Uh, and then that. Went in and destroyed a lot of things, a lot of like little runabout. Yeah. Um, sorry. So after that first turn, things are looking pretty good for you. Yeah, I was like, cool. This all seems to work. This is this is this is what I was imagining when I made the army and. Wow, even my hails are doing stuff. The only reason I had the hails was because I couldn't squeeze the Danas in. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because they're, they're a couple of points more expensive, aren't they? Yeah. Um, and then uh, and then Duncan rolled for reserves. And on came the leopards. Yeah, the scattered reserves. Scattered, yeah. scattered reserves, and they turned up in the right place. Exactly where you need them. Yep. So they came on toot-toot and just... Gutted your um your T seventy two percent, didn't they? Yeah, more obliterated. To be fair, there's well, one t- there's one tank left at the end of it. Yeah, which yeah, they just opened up a can of whoop ass on them. So you just know save. You're just going straight through, and that's the problem. Yeah, and with a two up um firepower. Yeah, they didn't they didn't like that. So they went from persecuting my poor little my poor little anti tank launchers to being persecute themselves <laughs> unfortunately or fortunately if you're Dutch which I was yeah. Um, but yeah that, that hurt because I mean we were talking about it afterwards that if that hadn't happened there was very 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 little I could actually do to stop those T-72s just rolling it up um, my left hand side blanking, rolling around the back yeah and just, just creaming what was ever what was in front of them yeah well that was the plan um but yeah, that them turning up really did save my goose. Um, and then um, it was kind of it was a bit of a slog, I think. Then because you had the one T seventy two platoon on the other side that was still putting pressure on um, my other platoon of infantry. Yeah. Um, and then you you came forward with the BMPs as well, didn't you? In the second turn. Oh yeah, I'm not going to sit there and just let you pick up. No. Attack after another, they kind of all went off and over. I mean, you you started to obliterate them with the missiles and the well, it's the PRTLs coming that came out from hiding and just yeah. opened up with their eighty eleven firepower four thirty five millimeter cannons and started. <laughs> they weren't they weren't killing tons, but I think they the first time they fired, I think they they hit four, killed two, bailed two. Yeah, it's like they they yeah. whittled down the sag the saga return fire. That's for sure. 
Yeah, and they put enough pressure on the stuff was starting having to jump out and all of that kind of stuff that you you know didn't really want to do. I think after the first turn of return fire, BMPs were down to just one tank, not bailed or destroyed. Um, Yeah. Yes. Yeah, two destroyed, the rest were bailed. It's quite a yeah. Yeah, so the infantry jumped out and started running at you with their AKs. Yeah, which is just as scary. AK wielding nutters should do. Well, they came very close to killing one of the platoons of um, YPs, didn't they? Because the, uh-huh. the YPs were all bailed, and there was one, the command YP was with them, and it just managed to counterattack enough to, didn't yeah. kill anyone, but just to counterattack enough to hold them off from storming over and killing all the, uh, the smaller crew. Yeah, I know. That would have been fun. Yeah, that would, that would have put a bit of a dent in the uh, capacity to stop your blob of infantry as well at that point, then. Well, especially after the hails had picked off most of the guys off the... Um... <laughs> yeah, they they whittled them down quite fast after that first turn. The first turn where I thought I got away with it, and then subsequent turns, to the point where I actually had to, to pull them back. And I could only do that because they, the YPs were keeping the infantry at arm's length-ish. Yeah. That's um, a double sword, though, because with the salvo, yes, I'm hitting everyone on the building and around it, but I'm having to kind of, I'm literally having to stop and hold my guys outside Back. of leave off range. Yeah. To do it. I, I, Salvo's a difficult one. I think you, even when I've been playing the Egyptians with it, I think you get probably two rounds of it maximum in a game. Because yeah. by that point, everything's far too close. And I think actually in Team, team Yankee, those five points, because you've got one point more to get carnations, and I think the carnations are, are far better. Yeah. I mean, hours are cool. They 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 are cool, and actually, on a bigger board, I think they'd be they do far more work for you. But I think <laughs> on the on the six by four standard table, they're not. It's just too con, con tight for them. That's six inch range. Yeah, he just just drops out really quickly. Yeah. I don't know whether or not to paint these ones desert yellow. What the other hails? I'd have six. You don't need six. Yeah, but imagine. <laughs> well, imagine the re-rolling hits. Yeah. Oh, re-rolling misses. Sorry, re-rolling misses. Yeah. yeah, that'd be cool. But that's that's ten points then as well on <laughs> one one platoon. Not 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 for Iraqis. <laughs> oh my um, god! Let's know John Lennon's song. Imagine over hails. Yeah, Ara- Iraqi hails. Apparently, <laughs> if you try. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be tempted to do them in Middle Eastern because you can use them for your Egyptians then. Yeah, exactly. Or your, your Egyptian Iraqis or whatever. Yeah, yeah. They're, quite hand, they're quite handy. I mean, the other thing is that when we've been playing Lee and the Fate of a Nation stuff, he's only got one platoon of infantry. So actually just being able to take the hails and murdering that unit. <laughs> a poor unit gets hit by so many rockets. Yeah. <laughs> it's the only thing I can hurt. <laughs> yeah, but it's just such a good target for him as well on the repeat bombardment because there's only one of them. Well, it's like in the tow jeeps. The tow jeeps. Oh, the tow jeeps. Yeah. It's t- hilarious thing. The tow jeeps are hold down behind cover, and then they get n- nuked in the first turn by a rocket. Well, they blitz. They blitz, don't they? Usually, they blitz over the hill, yeah. fire yeah. one salvo, and then Miss. the world explodes around them. Miss. Yeah. <laughs> the hill just throws itself in the air in three hundred different directions. Yeah. They're over there. Uh, my tow jeeps really are special. They're just, <laughs> they're just really, really, yeah. Unlucky. Unlucky. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so we had a good a good game really, and then it kind of it was toing and throwing quite close, could go either way, um, and then, well, 
I, I made I made a stupid mistake and I forgot that we're playing Team Yankee, and not Flames of War. Oh, what did you? What did you? Well, I sorted into your second platoon. Oh, oh yeah. And they went. Oh, this is Team Yankee. You guys have anti-tank abilities in combat, really. Oh, well, yeah, that was dumb. To be fair, I was pretty tired by then as well. <laughs> but laws. To Dave and Tika Bazooka Skirts say it was just those two Carl Gustav stands which just laugh at Bazooka Skirts. Yeah, which just that was a bit tight. They were getting a bit nervous then. Yeah, it was, you... it was either win or because you know it was either, either going to win or it was not going to win. So, I mean, it was reckless. I knew it was a long shot, but I took it. Well, the the Leopards had charged over as well, hadn't they? They come from the left hand side, they, they'd use their dash move last turn to get basically into yes. the center. But the plan was they can't be in two places at once. No. So with the infantry there as well. Exactly. They've got to fight. They've got to decide where they need to be. And that's always the problem with them. They, they can never be everywhere, everywhere you need you need them because, yeah. 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 No, it's, yeah. And eventually, uh, <laughs> eventually you obliterated pretty much everything apart from, what was it, four BMPs and... Uh, and the command T seventy two. And the command T seventy two, yeah. Who drove Leading from the front, boys. Yep. <laughs> what you guys do about? I'm just gonna go deal with these um, APCs sneaking behind. Uh, yeah, these. <laughs> Ta-ta. Brave, brave to Robin. See you, oh, see you in Warsaw. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it, it. I did. Was it a company breaking in? I think it might have been. I can't remember. Yeah, it was. Yeah. The um. You killed, you machine gunned the infantry who tried to assault. Oh, uh, yes, with the leopards. Yeah, they they tried to assault the leopards who then stuck 12 dice of 7.62 into them. Yeah, and then your other infantry had moved back to support and opened up on them in the open. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Brave. Brave, but foolish. <laughs> but yeah. it's all right, because the uh, they, they got the canuppance, didn't they? <laughs> Very much so. Their petard was well and truly hoisted. Because the second game, you know, the T-80s. It's, uh, Dear God, yeah. I fire toe at you. I hit. Just nothing. It does. I fire it, leopard two at you. It hits. Yeah. It gets through. Oh, it's only a, it's only a glancing hit. I, oh, <laughs> I, I failed the firepower one. <laughs> oh, well, it's just that, yeah, I fire a toe at you. It does the square root of all. Um, <laughs> it's, it, it's terrifying. Absolutely terrifying. I mean, to, be, to be fair, that did actually cost me a little bit because I got a little too cocky with it. And you did get a bit gung ho. The bug I mean, rushed. You, you flanked yeah. you flanked me with the lepers and, and shoved thin rounds into into the rear armour, which um, nothing's ever going to stop. <laughs> and thankfully, though, you sort of fluffed it and he killed one of them. But uh, that could that could really change the thing. If all the you went full Gosling. Well, it was a bit cat and mouse because the. What 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 was it we worked out that the leopard could only hurt you if you rolled a one or a two, one or a two? Because you're anti tank twenty two. Yeah. Um. So at range, I'm the armor twenty one. So yeah, you're fishing for ones. Yeah. And op- an optimum range, you know, you still twos will glance and ones will kill me. So that was it. So it's, my force was the same, wasn't it? What was what was in your Soviet modern actual fighting? Tank so once force. I actually worked out, I put the wrong force on the table. Um, mm-hmm. I had a H- <laughs> HQ T- um, T-80, two companies or platoons really of three T-80s, um, a recce platoon of three BMP-3s, and then two shulkers 
just to make numbers up what they think. Yeah. And that was all information as well, wasn't it? It was all information, yeah. yeah. Using the information cards that came in the open um, the books box set. So we, what did we play in this one? Because it was long, it was long ways, wasn't it? Which was interesting. Yeah, see, as well. you, you, you were still going defensive. I went attack. Mm-hmm. And no, your favourite of no retreat. Mm-hmm. Um, you put your mines down to block off the left flank, where I put the objective down, stop me running just down the table, which is good. Yep. That down, it actually slowed me down quite a lot. And the leopards went in reserve again, didn't they? Because yeah, yeah. And this time you put your um, Pratt's in ambush. Yes. To stop that. Like, because this is what I told you at the start of your game, this is fair. Uh, put the ambush, because yeah. otherwise yeah. you got these, that way you've got an unsupported alpha striker. No, no, I'll forget them otherwise. You put them down, they died in the first turn. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because they're scary. Uh, it's the obvious target. Yeah. But we have learned. We have learned, yes. We have learned. Lee. <laughs> exactly. Sometimes Lee is right. Very This rare. makes sense. Sometimes. Sometimes. This, this makes sense. Yeah. So, yeah, so I think the first turn, I just basically. Move forward a little bit because try to keep being free freeze out of range of their um, PRTLs because come around the corner. Yeah, they were hiding behind a building, weren't they? Because those things scare me because I'm, I'm, from, I'm from a five, which means I've got a chance versus the 35 millimeter, but that's yeah, a lot still, of shots. Exactly. Um, so I fired, I fired 100 millimeters, took out a Carl Gustav team in the first turn, which is yep. more expected. And then the 122s hit, I think I took out another team. You managed to move that onto a rifle team, so you didn't actually yes. take anything significant. He then yeah, threw itself in the air. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then the second turn... Sorry, then, you'll, then in your turn, the lepers appeared, and the PRTLs appeared. Yep. Um, so the Pratt's appeared. Um, yeah, so I, I went hell for leather to try and go through the town and assault you. And this is that thing where, yes, you can actually do much to stop me because of my era armour, but we don't realise I'm still a Soviet, I can't actually hit things and assault. No. So... It kind of went backwards and forwards, nothing much happening until I think I, I, I got finally, No, uh, yes, you did first time around, yeah. Because yeah. basically it was who could who failed to counter it. So. Yeah, I think, you, I think I might kill one team out of that entire sort of yours, but ultimately I fell back. Yep. So I was like, can't attack four as well. But yeah, it, it, it's, it's getting hell out of you. Yeah, it was <laughs> yeah. It's terrifying. So I'm looking for ones on my my Carcass staffs. Yep. Um, yeah. And, and and that's to do what? Oh. Oh, yep. okay. Well, I've only got two of them in. I think I only had two Carcass staffs that were in range as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so, so that, that's what we sort of like um, had a bit of a duel between the Leopards and the other T-80 platoon. We, and I, I killed one. <laughs> I killed one leopard and you killed... I think you didn't do anything to the T-80s that turn. No. But this is where the other problem with the T-80s is ultimately they're still a Soviet tank. They only got rate of fire one. Yeah. Yeah, hit so on threes and rate of fire one. Yeah. So the, the four shots went down range and I think one connected. And, yeah, it did... It, it, the thing is, that's still a pretty good exchange rate as far as I'm concerned. Taking out every leopard two I can take out is still a win because that's yep. the only thing that could really hurt me because... As we saw later in the game, when the rear team is can get my flank, if I if I'm stupid enough to leave a flank exposed, they can exploit it and punish me. Yeah, exactly. And obviously, you start trying to do clever things with your prats, like trying to give a turn of shooting to get my flank. Well, get... yeah, yeah, I had to. I, I had to do something with them because they couldn't. I mean, fishing for ones with a, yeah. 
you know, it's the, the traditional ones thing. If you've got enough shots going down range, because I'm hit on freeze, it's not a bad. You know, it's not it's awful not strategy. If, but yeah. with only four shots, that's not that's not enough. Yeah, if you had the second platoon like we're talking about, then obviously that starts getting more and more of a viable strategy. Yeah. Gets a little bit scary at that point. Yeah. Because ultimately, I'm sure now I'm going to roll a one. It's, you know, it just happens. Statistics, yep. statistics, you know, the bell curve kicks in. Statistics, <laughs> statistics does happen. No, we, don't, we say it doesn't in war gaming, but... Well, this is Duncan's dice, don't forget. <laughs> oh, the Dutchies. Yeah. I think the, I think the thing that really sort of um, made me laugh in that game was that... that Moment you tried to move across your own minefield to flank, like flank you. The well, that was that was. I'd reached the desperate the point at that at that point because I thought, well, if at least if I can flank the T eighty, yeah, like eighty eleven will actually it'll it'll do something. Potentially. Yeah, again, so fishing I've... for ones, but hitting on threes with well, that many shots yeah. going down range. It's you know, there's a logic there. Yeah, unfortunately, and... that logic involved crossing a minefield. <laughs> yeah, but skill four is not skill three. No. No. And so, and yeah, one died and, and the other one got bailed out, which was unfortunate. I mean, that platoon ran, I think, after that, yeah. So. It did, yeah. It, it survived a turn, but yeah, and it, yeah, it went. Because the first turn, it was one, it failed to get back in, but passed its last stand. And the second turn, of course, it bailed back, you know, got back in its uh, tank just to drive off. Yeah. And then, oh, yes. thank you. Yeah, no more of that, thank Yeah, so the T8s were impressive. The BMP freeze did well, and eventually they just died for sheer. They, they died for they sheer. They got swapped. Right? They got swamped. You said every single IFB and um, and Peter Pertle against them, and just like I just, I had saves, but not you know a fairly decent front of five. But you know, again, I've I've wrong enough dice here. Failure is going to happen, and it did. Well, that that comes down to the fact that you know when you can't hurt anything else, the unit that can get hurt gets hurt, gets picked up. And also, yeah. I forgot, haven't talked about it in the podcast, I forgot I can move and fire fairly effectively with them. So yeah. I stayed still, because uh, uh, I was playing them like a BMP 1 or 2, when I could have actually moved, moved backwards a yeah. in a turn, still fired off my missiles, which is what I was going to do, and um, would have put me out of range, so then you would have probably had to try blitzing to try and get into range. Well, this was part of the, the post-game wash-up, wasn't it, when we were talking about it? You, you were saying that you, you almost need to play these much more conservatively, yeah. and you would be the standard... The uh, Warsaw Pack force of you know storming forward as quickly as possible. Yeah, because you don't actually need to. It's, it gets back to the whole move or die thing. You know, I, I have movement available to me, so I need to use that movement to keep constantly reposition yeah. and choose my shots rather than just try to get into a position, fire, and hope I kill you before you kill me. Like a black sea shark. Yeah, yeah that's exactly what it's like. We always say about Sherman's World War Two. The American yeah. Sherman's not moving; it's going to die. Yes, it was actually quite. Despite the fact that it was, I I did struggle to take on the T80s, it was quite close at the end. I, did, yeah. I, did, I didn't feel like at any point I was out of it, but it just you have to think about them completely differently to T72s. Mm. And um, yeah, the, the fact that there was no infantry around to just put pressure right. on my infantry was a bit of a, a, a blessing, really. I think you had the best possible force to face me in some ways by having those two good big blobs of infantry, because as we showed, the Russians. Although I have the option, yeah. assaulting you is just not going to do it. I, I I think we worked out I would have been better just to sit still and just pummel yeah, you with 125mm fire, and I probably would have been far more effective. Yeah, you were that's looking it. for sixes, but with Brutal, yeah. there was a good chance of yeah taking out infantry teams. Yeah. Whereas here, I'm mean, hitting you on fives in the assaults, but I'm also risking myself you know, getting pushed yeah. back or getting a guy bailed. The same, the same with my Polish BMP company. They're just going to get get within... 
you know, four inches and then just stop. Probably dig in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's it's, that is a very weird thing. That yeah, they're it's not the actually thing- that good at assaulting, but. I hope they fix. I know they won't because it means changing cards and Buffalo won't change cards in Team Yankees. Like, look at what they did with like their um, Soviets in World War Two, where they hit on twos because every guy is equipped with an SMG, mm-hmm. and you know, the AK-47 fundamentally isn't is an SMG. They all, the Soviets classed it as one, even though we consider yeah. it assault rifle. Um, so you know, you got to the back goes right. So if guys who literally had a week's training and then you know, were thrown in can do it on twos and threes. Why the guys who are two-year conscripts armed each under one of the best assault rivals in the world hitting yeah. on fives? <laughs> yeah, it's it's. I, I get it for the infantry. I think it might be a bit much on the tanks and stuff to make them too good at assaulting. But yeah, yeah. certainly on on the infantry, it seems weird that your better option is to sit at very close range and just hose people That's... down with short range AK fire. Just seems a little counterintuitive. By that you mean wrong, yeah. Uh, that's the polite way of saying yes. I, I, it's wrong for, in a very limited and specific way. <laughs> so yeah, but that that was playing those two games was completely different as well. But it's scary, you know, as a as a NATO player, they're both scary, but in very very different ways, very yeah. different ways. And 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 actually, I think the problem you've got now is that we were talking about this again. Is that you have to make a concession for the T eighty existing? We talked about this when the book came out. Uh, sorry, not the book, the start set. And the problem with that is that it takes away from your ability to deal with the T seventy twos if they appear and things like that. So yeah, if you start yeah. De- if you start trying to deal with like um, quality, you don't have massive fires to deal with quantity and vice yeah. versa. Yeah. Yeah, I think the only thing I would change in my list now is is again when we were talking about what to do next was. Um, Helicopters was the PAH um, with the hot missiles. Because yeah. even two of those just lurking around is enough to keep the T-80s honest. Mm-hmm. And it's not a massive investment in points that you, you know, detract. Because the problem, they have, they're only one sh- one shot. So you don't want tons of them because they're not very good at thinning out mass ranks of stuff. Well, then again, they can manoeuvre and put pressure on like those hails. I mean, that's... Yeah, but I don't, they've only got hot missiles. Yeah, correct. But what I'm saying is... I'm not, I don't really want to fire a hot missile at a tail. <laughs> no. But in, in the games where you don't need them against the tanks... They can do that. Yeah, they can, they can do, do that. other things. They're not like a missile system that's sitting there in a tree. That's, that is true. But, I mean, they're also... They're also getting up to the, the, the fact that they're four points each. You know, that's quite not a cheap investment if you're going to go large with them. They can't hold objectives. You know, there are downsides. I think two's two's a sweet spot. I think thinking yeah. I've been thinking about this a little bit. I think if just having two of them lurking around is, is very, very handy. Whereas before I'd have just said, Well, two's a waste of time because what are they gonna do? Put two hot missiles into two T seventy twos, that's great. What about the other seven that are still yeah. hooning their way towards me? Or when it's two T eighties, that conversation's it, completely different. <laughs> exactly, exactly that. I mean they I think they're were they eighty twenty twenty three? I think they're 23 off, off the top of my head, which I think gives them a reasonably good chance against the front. And hopefully, because they're helicopters, you won't necessarily have to fire at the front. Yeah. Another thing you do with helicopters, if they're not shooting as though, so they can use them as artillery observers, the HQ can spot oh, that's one. That's true. I mean, so I'm, I was just checking the rule while we were talking about that. And it's like, I couldn't remember if the version 2 team actually stopped that, but it doesn't as far as no, I can yeah. tell. No, yeah, commander. And they can blitz. Did we say they can blitz? They can't blitz, can they? 
Helicopter can't. I know. Because you have got that thing where you could have blitzed around the corner and just fired. Mm. But you just use your hunter killer and just lurk around. So, yeah, I, I think, like I say, get two of them because it forces your opponent to start having to put AA on as part of the reserves. Yeah. I think it's not a bad little investment. No, I think for eight points it's, it's decent. But again, you've got. It's just finding points in an 804. So even the Dutch, who are quite points effective, it's still. It's still unless you're going to go down to Leopard 1s, which. Uh, uh, um, <laughs> well, they're fine, but they're, they're just, you know, they're cheap as chips and they're just going to explode everywhere. There's a reason for that, yeah. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. It's, it's very, very different. And I think I liked it because of that. And I think it's a good thing for the Soviets to have something that's completely different. That would be my two penneth. Nice. Yeah, it's good fun. It was nice to play some games. It's very good. Thanks for hosting again. Yeah. You're welcome, mate. No worries. And uh, very good soundtrack going. So. Exactly. Always, uh, always adds adds to the ambience. What do you do now? Well, I have thought of another something. Oh, go on. That has transpired since the last podcast. And I was going to talk to you about, guys about it before. <gasps> Uh-oh, this sounds ominous. Uh, but, yeah, no, uh, I got banned from the AK Interactive Facebook page. Oh, <laughs> did you? Did you? <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. Oh, dear. So, did, you, uh, did you make a Rwandan diorama? No, no, I, I commented oh, okay. on the fact that they probably shouldn't be trying to profit on uh, on the Holocaust. And uh, apparently that, that they'd be being uneducated. Oh. Yeah. Well, yeah. educated. I did. Yeah, that was... Um, that was yeah, a that was... bizarre five minutes, like whatever it was, five hours or whatever. Oh, it's still ongoing because they're still... Really? ...unbound me. Or anyone. Is it? Is it actually been published, that, that book? Yeah. I oh, yeah, say, like say one of the guys on there bought it. Wow, which we gave them a certain amount of hell for, but yeah, it's a... <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 yeah. at what point does this seem like a good idea? Uh, <laughs> like... Well, that's the thing, but then, then to then go on and start banning people on their comments, so they were deleting comments first of all. So anyone who had any negative was just basically deleted off their off their comment thread. And eventually got so much that they actually finally took down the uh, the actual advertisement campaign. But I don't know. You just shake your head. Uh, yeah. I th- that's like I think Lee said it. You got to vote with your hard earned and hobby dollar. Yeah. Now I'm lucky that most of the products that I've got are MIG products, not AK Interactive. So. Not, uh, not overly worried about not sending them any more money. Mm. Oh, that's because Mick Jimenez doesn't. Does he work for them still? Well, he was one of them, I think, and then they had a big falling out. Yeah. So then he split with his share of stuff and set up his own company. That's what I, my limited understanding of the whole thing. Anyway. Controversy. <laughs> yeah. They, they definitely lost a customer in me, that's for sure. <laughs> Um, to they unban you. <laughs> until they unban me, and then, you know, I'll do my best to make them lose other customers. Uh, Ewan, <laughs> who's army? Oh, Ewan. Yeah. So this was, um, I was trying to remember who sent it through, so apologies, because I should have had this to hand. Oh, um, I, think, I think it was Vincent. I'm going to say it was Vincent. That, that, that sounds correct. Vincent Lee? 
Wait, 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 people have last have second names. What? Do we? Um, Vincent, yeah, Vincent Vim. I'm gonna go Vim. JFM Vim. Um, hi, here's a question for your podcast segment. You and whose army? I am mostly a Brit player. Good on you. I want my next late war project to be a German army. I decided to play Falschmaker, but I'm not sure how to build a good Falschmaker list. Well, not, we'll try our Neither best. Neither are we. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I run two or three infantry platoons and how many full size Falschmaker platoons? Is one mortar platoon, I was thinking of eight centimeters for the smoke template, enough artillery. Like, do 120 is not a smoke template? Well, do I need uh, more and more something strong, stronger? Since it'll probably be a defensive list, do I absolutely need recon? Here's this, I think, would be good fun to play again. Blah, 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 blah. So, I guess our, our briefing here is, like, say, a late war 100 point Falcher Maker force. Yes. He did it wrong. What? Should be Already? Urban, or Urban Emerald. Oh, God. <laughs> gliders, mate. I mean, I Someone paints a record, honestly. You're desperate to get these gliders back yeah. in, aren't it's my first ever tournament game list. Tournament game list? Game list, yeah. I turned up with gliders. And it's about, it's got a soft spot in my heart. I'm not going to lie. You do hide it well, though. Shut up about the gliders. No, no, no. You, you keep it under a bushel. It's fine. I mean... I'm not going to be that guy. <laughs> Which one's that? The one that goes on about this, their list over and over again. It talks about their hobby rather than other people's hobby. <laughs> Well, as soon as you're talking, you want to go through your list first. Yeah, you just oh, rated yourself no. in. I've just opened a grot bomber. There's plastic sprues everywhere. <laughs> Is uh, that a euphemism? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, clear throat. Yeah. Very specific and limited euphemism. Um, D-Day Force, German. Forschenjäger, right. So, uh, for late war, I've done, obviously, Forschenjäger Company. Uh, I've elected... Give the HQ two pounds of a pounds of faust each. Okay. Two, two, you get two MP40 SMG teams. They've both got pounds of fausts. They've got a seven stand uh, rifle MG Fortune Jaeger platoon in old money. So it's MG42K 98s. They also have pounds of fausts. And I've added in two uh, MG42 HMG teams. Okay. So that makes them. What, seven, nine stands with a lot with, yeah, with Panzerfaust with HMGs integral. I've got two of those, so you're now rocking at 18 stands of infantry as the core of your army. Mm-hmm. I've got four eight centimeter Stummel mortars, which are in formation, and then I've also got another four pack 40s, okay, which are all in formation. That's, uh, that's good, yeah, for assistance to them in support. I've got four 88mm anti-aircraft guns. Bloody hell, okay. Yummy, yummy, yummy. Uh, four 7.5cm Stugs as an assault gun platoon. Oh, okay, yep. Yeah. Are they the Forschenmega Stugs? Yes, Forschenmega yep. Stugs. And then two 5cm Pumas for some scouts. Okay. Blimey. Because... If you wanted to, you know, mainly defensive, you've got lots of ambushing guns abilities, you've got, you know, your Stugs take up 23 points worth of your reserves, you can put another platoon in there if you wanted to, to add that up. Um, and maybe the Pumas to get, you know, get you over the, the 40 points mark. 
Um, but the main, one of the coolest things I thought of doing was leaving a core of the army behind, a yeah, core of a formation, sorry, the core of a platoon yep. on an objective. So you've got your HMGs and then a couple of guys sat there, um, you know, guarding, a, guarding an objective, but then taking the command stand and then three or four other teams and then tank ridering the, the Stugs forward. Nice. Okay. Do you have to, is just, that a card or is that just something they can do? You can just ride tanks. People forget that all the time in Flames of yeah. I, 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 Yeah, I didn't know that. Did not know that. I mean, it's, it's not the smartest thing to do, but I thought it would be cool. Um, the reason the Panzerfaust, the, 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 the HQ has two Panzerfausts is because I would deploy them, obviously you have to deploy them in command two, of each other. Did you say two Panzerfausts? Well, they've got a Panzerfaust each. I thought it's limited. It's limited one, though, isn't it? It is, but if you split them up, you can yeah, you can ping it between which one's got the course at any given time. Yeah, so that okay. Gives, that gives the two platoons two pounds of our shots in defence. Got you. Up, I'm with you. Which is enough to drive back the the the, the assault if you get two hits. You know, it's a, it's, a, it's an if, but it's a, it should make people think. Oh, actually, is this such a good idea? No. Okay. Hmm. So it's a core hundred points. I mean, it's 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 revolving around large platoons of Forschmjäger, um, which are just nutters anyway. Yeah, they're they're very good. They're very good because they're fearless and all that. Well, they're fearless if they've got Panzerfaust, then they become really really brutal because um, they can just a single stand can go running off by itself, sit in a building, waiting for a tank platoon to go past. Yeah, causing havoc. Causing havoc. I mean, that's the thing. It's 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 something that I saw done uh, by one of the French players at. I want to say Carivery. Yeah, it was Carivery. Um, it wasn't Freddie. It was his friend. I can't forget his name. With he did, he did it at the time with Beach Bums, mm-hmm. the Beach Defense Defenders Force. And he was just feeding single stands of Panzerfaust infantry to to block and slow avenues of uh, advance. Doing a Forschenjäger would be terrifying because they could actually hit you in assault. Yeah, they're not going anywhere, and you've really got to kill them. Yeah, yeah, they block the dash, so that slows you down. You know, they're harder to hit, especially if they concealed and gone to ground. And then if you come out of terrain, no defensive fire from you know if you get the angle right. It can be a real pain. Yeah. So, Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, that's quite a lot of anti-tank gun. That's going to be... That's going oh, to yeah. Be yeah. Well. You've got four, four flak, th- you know, four eighty-eight millimeters and uh, a pack 40s as well. Thanks for playing. So would you play this defense as a defensive force or would you go mobile? It depends or... what you're up against. Okay. You know... I haven't played. I haven't played enough infantry lists in version four to kind of get my head around it. Um, Fortune Mega would be a good one to take up. Actually, thinking about it. Well, they're certainly punchy. I'll give them that. Yeah, you know, it's it's the way that the anti tank is handled as well. You know, the SMGs are really in. Sorry, the HMGs are in there to stop Russian hordes. Well, you can always drop them off, can't you? That's the other thing. Is just leave them yeah, behind. Yep. 
because there's nothing stopping that, you know, as long as they don't move, they don't have plus one to hit for being out command, so they can just literally sit there watching yep. the field, waiting for people to run across. Yep, they're quite handy. You know, as long as you declare what you're doing with each part of the team before you roll any dice, then they can shoot whatever target they want, which is very nice. Mm. Yeah, um, Pumas give you a bit of scouty scout. Yep. Also, I mean... Yeah, five centimetres is not awful, flanking something. But they also, so the other thing about being sitting there is sometimes, you know, if you, if you are playing mobile battles and you've, the, the opponent has an objective they're supposed to defend, you have to have something that can go put pressure on it. Yeah. So, yeah, it's four points, but if they tie up an eight or nine point unit just by threatening to be on their objective, then, you know, they don't even have to shit fire a shot to make their points back. No, keep them alive, keep them a threat. Yeah. You know, the other thing they can do is like in, in like the mission we played the other day, if you've got your own scout stuff, you can push forward and limit what your opponent can do with his spearhead moves. Yes, I think that's what a lot of people forget with um, defensive spearheads. Because obviously you can't spearhead within six inches of an enemy. You can put anything that's got one of those like um, neutral board sections or anything like that, like... Um, counter-attack that kind of thing you can actually push your guys in there first because generally defensive guard defense goes first with their spearheads because they'll deploy first and yeah you can really push someone back with it and just cut down their options so yeah that was my 100 points fortune jaeger list good i like that a good mix yeah yeah and for me i think it, it works it worked for something defending um defensive breast was it yeah yep. They're all further out to the west against the the, the American push. Hmm. Cool. <laughs> I said breast. <laughs> Duncan. Oh, me? Yeah. Okay, so I went... The first thing I thought about was the same as you, was, was what can I... Um, what can I do historically? Or, you know, what has got a good premise for including in a, a, a list? So I, I looked up and I, again I looked at the fighting on the the um, peninsula around or oh, the Brit is it Brittany yeah Brittany Peninsula Brittany. yeah um, and I I decided to do the um, the second Fulcrum Jaeger so defensive breast and and all that kind of stuff um, so I used the defensive breast card so from D Day uh, the, the German D Day book which gives them um, I believe it's you can include a uh, beach bomb defender platoon as part of the, the company. So you can include that as part of your formation, which is handy. Um, and also it allows all of your Fulshamiega to spearhead. What? Yes. Okay. That's, uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I will double check that, but I'm pretty sure that's that's what it does because it's, it's pretty good. I think it's only a couple of points. How did I miss that? I, I'm not sure. I know. I, it's because whenever I'm starting a new project, I purposely ignore the command cards because I know I'll get uh, distracted by them and go deep. Yeah, the the good thing about the command cards now, though, is that there's all that stuff for the different formations, and I always look at those and see what um what ones actually you know they've got formations for. Yeah. yeah. So if I'm if I'm looking at uh you know a second fortune mega division, or I'll see what if what the card does and see how um how you can basically use it i'm not sure why they you know why that card grants them the um the beach defenders platoon in there i, I guess it's sort of the ragtag i think it's um, reflect, exactly that reflector sort of like because it was very much a, a 
random collection of forces in Brest. Obviously, the second Falschmaker plus other and friends, effectively. Yeah, ex- exactly. So, I mean, it's important to, important to note. I'm just, just find the card is that yeah. only Falschmaker units can actually use that spearhead. Yes, yes. So you spearhead, but then you can only put Falschmaker units into that spearhead zone. Yes. So you can't drag the beach defenders along. No, 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 no. But it but doesn't it... matter because you can just you're just running forward, screaming oh, with SG44s <laughs> and captured, you know, captured Thompsons. So yeah. yeah, I mean that that's the premise. I mean, I know you, I know we got asked about defensive lists, and I think this whilst this is a defensive list, I think you have to be aggressive with parts of it. I have been watching Cobra Kai. On that. <laughs> so <laughs> yes, just sweep the leg definitely. One, one of my favourite lines is. The best form of defense is more offense. <laughs> more offense? More offense. Not just some. No, just more. Just okay. more offense. Strike first, strike hard, no mercy. Uh, yeah, Second strike force, again. Jake, Division, Brest, 1944. Exactly. So, I mean, I mean, it's two points. It's, it's good. I mean, it's good because the beach defenders also allows you to bulk up your formation with a bit of, you know, people who aren't yeah, particularly great. Um but also, you know, that spearhead, it, that means you don't have to take any recce. And I was like, well, that, that, that's quite nice as well, because I don't think they would necessarily have, you know, wheel recce vehicles around and things like that. So it gives you the, the ability to jump off and, um, you know, put the pressure on your opponent um, just by doing that. So, yeah, I thought that was handy. You can spearhead <laughs> up with someone and then, you know, drop some more portion of with them or not. You don't even need to. You might just want to spearhead forward with that unit and, Go from there. So uh, I my my formation is similar to yours, Eddie. In that um, I've got the command, but uh, with no no Panzerfaust because I don't believe in Panzerfaust on command because I'm oh, tight. Yeah. Right. I'm tight. I'm tight. I don't care. They're gonna they're there for limited and specific reasons. Um, <laughs> the uh, then I've got a Fulshimega platoon with seven stands, um, with which I believe is the smaller version. It's the smaller platoon. Um, and then I've got a Panzerfaust, and then a Panzerschreck as well. So I included the additional Panzerschreck, so it takes them up to nine stands. And then a second platoon with, again, seven stands and the Panzerfaust, and then two Panzerschrecks. So they've got quite a lot of mobile anti-tank. In, yes, you can take Panzerschrecks out. You know, they are their own individual teams, but, you know, that A, beefs up the unit and gives them even more, uh, you know, tank hunting um potential. That's the like onions. Yeah. They have layers. Yeah. Ablative layers. <laughs> yeah. And um so then I beefed it out with the eight centimeter and the two twelve centimeter mortars. Both in formation. So again that's your artillery. I didn't want to put any anything else. I didn't really feel like it was uh, appropriate to stick more, you know, support based um artillery in there mm-hmm. so that's why that's in there and then um three pack pack 40s and again the reason is because i couldn't really fit four in <laughs> um and, the, and then I, I gave them uh the beach defenders as well so they're in formation and that's got seven mg42 teams for six points um i gave them Panzerfaust for two and then i gave them two hmgs and a Panzerschreck. so they're, they're cheaper but they're still Massive and blobby. There's and there's a reason for those MG42 teams, which I will come back to. And then I included um, two 88s just to have some kind of high-end AT, yeah. um, and then four Fulsham Stu assault guns. 
So not Stugs. Oh, the S, yeah, the S T H S T U H. So they can again, they can bombard. And I just thought, well, it's just another little, another little thing that they can do to dig out other infantry or prepare the way. And and you know, it's not too much difference in terms of anti tank um, between a Stug and a Stu. I think you lose a point, but you yeah. gain a point of firepower. So you know, it's, it's a bit of a trade off, but. I just thought that'd be quite cool. The ability to barrage as well. Um, and that, that takes up 20 points as well. So if you're going to put any reserves anywhere, that's a fair old chunk of your points in reserve. Same same reason you had had them, really. Um, and then the other thing that I took to round off the force was a command card, which was machine gun nests. So I had a look yeah. at this card, and I think this works. Now, you might have to correct me if I'm wrong, but it says okay. you can convert the machine guns of any platoon into nests. Doesn't say machine gun platoon. It says any platoon. So I think I can take those two beach bomb machine guns and turn them into little bunkers. German infantry die camouflage nests. It says German build unit infantry. Yes. And my friend, for two points. Yep. You can turn them into nests, which are so always concealed and in bulletproof cover. You must re-roll successful firepower tests to destroy it, and it cannot yeah. charge into contact. So I thought they would be quite handy to just babysit the two objectives that I'm probably going to end up defending if I'm being defensive. So put one machine gun nest on either one. Because that gives you a three-up save against Bombardment, and then yep. they have to re-roll. Yeah. <laughs> I know it's quite expensive because there's only two machine guns, but I thought, you know... It's a handy little, handy dandy little thing to give them, and then just peel off those um, machine guns from the beach bombs and let them do their thing. Because they become their own platoons at that point as well. So, you know, each HMG team is a separate, independent team. Yeah. Oh. So yeah, they're they're my babysitters. Because the plan for that is again with the spearhead, the force Megas can go screaming forward. Um, the one thing I wasn't sure about with the, the spearheading stuff, Lee, was do the Fulsham Panzer, uh, the, the, the Stews count as Fulsham Jaeger? I presume so, because that thing, they got Fulsham Jaeger yeah. in their title, doesn't it? Yeah, so I don't know if you can, again, use spearhead on those if you want to get them up a particular right. flank or or what have you. But again, it's quite quite handy just to get them that extra boosted movement at the start of the game. Okay, so um, in the, what the word in the card says, Fulsham platoons. Yeah. This formation had to be a rule. But only right. Falschmaker units may deploy in the spearhead. So I'd say that includes the Stugs, because they are Falschmaker units. Yeah, that so I, 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 again, I think you can you know, use that if you want to, to put some pressure on side of a, one side or another. Get them moving up, because they're quite good at digging out, well, anything really. Um, and yeah, I'd use them quite aggressively like that. But I think the beach bombs are quite handy just to have around, just to, you know put on one side or the other for extra anti-tank and, and keep your opponent honest. But that's that's my second, yeah, second Volshamega list. I love how I come up with, the, you know, I get these challenges, we kind of look at them and I think, oh, you know, I do something that's kind of balanced and don't going to do something fluffy and, and nice. And then yours is always bloody brutal. <laughs> but it's fluffy and nice. No, it is fluffy and nice, but it's also brutal. And what, what do you mean? Well, you've got spearheading... Machine gun nests. <laughs> no, you can't. I can't spearhead the machine gun nests because they're yeah, not. Yeah, but you could. But you, if you took the HMGs and the Fulshmeager platoon, you could. 
Yes, you, yeah, yeah, you well, can. They can't. They can't. Well, oh, God, no, the infantry they can. head, and then the nest can deploy in the Correct. spearhead. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> I think I think that the machine gun, everyone's gone for the pack front for obvious reasons, but I like the machine gun nest. I think they're quite, quite handy. And, and the machine gun platoon often gets overlooked, but I think that gives it some extra use. You know, taking two of them and then adding that card, it's the same as basically taking, I think it's basically the same as taking a full platoon of them. Yeah, and actually, yeah, using them like that, where you can a lot of the German units can add machine guns in, and I think the Fulschmäger could. So again, you, you wouldn't even have to take the machine gun platoon from the Fulschmäger. Yeah, you could just take an extra couple of stands and then just drop them into that, making their own little thing. And I just think it's handy for, yeah, like I said, babysitting objectives and stuff like that. Cause people have got to get rid of them. Then they got to work out some way of destroying them. That's just nuts. Very well, welcome. <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah, and obviously, I think I'm. Did we say the twelve centimeters can't fire smoke? I just looked it up, and no, they can't fire smoke. Yeah. So you've still got some smoke with the stews and the um, eight centimeters. Yeah. Cover your advance if you want. It's got me there. You got a thirty-two inch range with the stumbles. You do, but you don't necessarily need to have it. Like if you're going early on, if you haven't got a better target for them to barrage, you can just drop some smoke in front of you. Porsche Megas the maximum they can and just let them run up to it or whatever. Mm -hmm. It's always handy. Yeah. Right. My list, then. Yeah. So I was looking at... Um, I did a lot of Mark Guard stuff, so I was looking at third um, Porsche Mega, oh. who were around Nijmegen, um, largely being rebuilt at the time. Yeah, I was going to say that's that's the one that didn't have a lot of uh, experienced troops in, wasn't it? Yeah, so I've, took, so I've used a 5th Falschmeg Division, no jump training card, which um, is one point less per platoon, um, platoon, and they count as um, fearless train, but they don't lose cautious. They're still, they're still hit on fours, but never only trained, yeah. Ooh, that's all right. That's not a bad trade-off at all. So, yeah, say, say it's four points already, um, which is quite handy. It comes from somebody else. So I've gone for the two um, MP40s with Panzerfaust. Nice. I've gone, okay. Yep, I've gone for a full-strength Fastmaker platoon with I'm just trying to what I added, one machine gun and one Panzerschreck plus mm -hmm. Panzerfaust. Um, a second platoon that's exactly like that, and the third platoon is a seven-strong um, platoon but has two HMGs and two Panzerschrecks. So they're basically my um, sort of objective holder, as it were. Yeah, that's the one that someone's got to work out how to shift them. So they've got, they got a smaller footprint in terms of um, MG, uh, no, MG and rifle teams, but they've got those two HMGs and two Panzerschrecks along with the Panzerfaust. Um, there's four, four stumble mortars, three 12-centimeter mortars, four pack 40s, because I can use the points I've saved from the um, reduced them down the previous yep. train to get those in. And then I've also got the um, heavy AA platoon, so the, the flak you know, 36s, with cool. their um, assault flak car to make them Luftwaffe effectively. Yep. So again, that, that makes them aggressive and, and um, trained. But you've got four of them. But it's, it, you know, it saves four points, so it's like eight points for four 88s, basically. So stick them in ambush, they can't be shot first, and hey. Yep, as long as you've got the, the breathing space to deploy them. Yeah, why yeah. not? So I basically have the, um, that Falschmaker platoon, the reinforced one, would be on the board to start off with. Um, the other two would be in reserve along with the HQ. 
So I'm going to have to sit it out and just rely on my anti-tank guns, mortars, and that one platoon to hold back the enemy until my Falschmaker, a wrestler of the Falschmaker, arrived to hold the line. But yeah, that's my that's my thing. It's very defensive orient defensive orientated all infantry list with gun support. And if I want to go on the offensive, well, I've got those mortars laid down, smoke and suppression. I've got you know two great big platoons of you know fearless trained, cautious infantry. It's going to run at people. Yeah. They've got, mm. they've got their own HMG to lay down a bit of supporting fire. The Panzer Shrek to ward off any tanks that come towards them. I didn't realise you got such a big discount with that no jump training. I mean, I've, I've, obviously I can read the card, but you know when you put it out like that, it's yeah. quite, a, quite a big difference what you can actually squeeze in when you do that and the downgrade the ATAs. It's one of those things you say, oh, it's a one-point discount per unit, but no, it's, it applies to HQ and the three platoons. That's four points. Yep. And in, you know, in version four, four points will buy you a unit. Even in Germans, you know, yep. like a recce. No, I like the idea of doing it on on the flak as well because you're like, well, these are four eighty eights. I don't care if they're trained, not trained. Yeah, whatever. They, you still got to deal with them. They're still yeah. They're aggressive, so they're going to, you know, they're going to wilt pretty quickly under fire and that kind of thing. But you know, I felt like I had they had to be Luftwaffe really because to fit in their, um, the um the sort of market garden theme. Yeah. Yeah, you couldn't have veteran crew sleep. No. no. I want these guys to be sitting there, you know, spending the last two years of the war firing at you know, um, Wellington High bombers. bombers. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and now have to just remember their training about how to fire at stuff on the ground. Yeah. <laughs> See, that's quite scary as well. I mean, the other thing I think to also remember is that, you know, in version four, infantry does move if he wants to, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Whether you know Lee's got ways to do it with his because you know they're fearless, um, yep. so you can still do the follow me. Definitely, um, my stuff's you know um, veteran, so you can either do follow me or you can do a blitz, and you know or you can just hoof it across the the battlefield. They're not slow anymore. They're you know if you want to be aggressive with them, you will get where they need to be. Um, it's just whether you can make it there with the, the numbers and the firepower to matter. Yeah. Yeah. And Eddie's just not going anywhere. He's just sitting with his pack line going. Eh. <laughs> <laughs> Cackling wildly. I hadn't really... I mean, the other, the only other thing I thought about with the, the Fulshamager, which we talked about, was to, trying to work out how to fit in the um, the little 75s. You know, the, the recordless rifle stuff that's not currently in. Yeah, um, so... Obviously, they, they weren't in for the D-Day release, and they then appear for the mid-war release, and they haven't been back, made backwards compatible with late-war. Yeah. Bit of thing. I really miss having that, those two little, little light guns, because they have the surprising punch. They're a yeah. great little ambush unit sometimes. Well, the, and, uh, the other thing I would look at as well is if I was doing a full force Mega Force, is probably um, trying to source some 105 recordlesses and doing them yeah. um, as just 105 howitzers, just, just for cool. Yeah. I think you know, there was very little difference in performance. Yeah. There was a few little things in the rules, but nothing major. So, no, it just it would look. I, and the Fortuner is a, a cool force. It's going to look good. Yeah, you know, with your jump helmets and everything, and all the smocks, smocks. and that. Yeah, yeah. little bright blue trousers. <laughs> so, and you bright could do blue. <laughs> if you were if you're doing around Brest as well, you could look at those battlefront um, urban ruins bases. Yep. and things like that as well, and just doing them as all urban terrain, that, that would be quite nice. You know, I think the best thing about Brest is doing 29th um, Infantry Division having the, ch- and having the Churchills along with you. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Hey, poor fashion maker. Burn. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. That's some goodness, though. So hopefully that answers uh, Vincent's question. I don't want to do a fashion maker force. Now I'm thinking about it. I really do. (laughs) (laughs) I'm thinking of the entire metal company box that I've got upstairs. I'd have to break the plastics if I did now, wouldn't I? Are they are they plastic? They're um yeah, but they're they're plastic. Oh, are they thermoplastic. Yeah, oh, they're not plastic. Um, oh. <sighs> okay. Oh yeah. I might have to see if someone's got some to see how they turn out. Hmm. Yeah. I've ordered I've ordered the uh, the new plastic th- uh, typhoons. All oh, right, interesting to see how they look. Yeah, exactly. So I, I yeah, they're they're tucked into my um vagration pre-orders <laughs> tucked, tucked in they've still well, their way no I, I so i uh, years ago when i first did my irish guards army um i managed to pick up the 100th no what one to 144th scale typhoon from revel for a pound um and basically, it was from uh, Hobbycraft, and they had a whole heap of models for a pound each. So I got a Hurricane, um, a couple of Typhoons, a Tempest, you know, just like blister packs on the end of a thing. Like, oh, a quid, cool, I get one of those, and one of those, one of those, and a Spitfire. And then now the molds have gone out of production again. So to get another Typhoon for the same the exact same model, it was the scalpel was after like 35 quid. What? Because they're literally just they they they've sold out everywhere. Everywhere it's got them is you know had them is now gone. Happy um, hell though. Yeah, exactly. So I was like, well, I've got one, but kind of okay. one. So I thought, well, you know what? We'll see what happens. You know, see what the new kit's like. We'll see. Yeah, exactly. So I, I'm gonna you know wait to see if it arrives. You know, I saw some horror pictures on Facebook. I don't know. I opened up. What did I build the other day? I had a opened up a hurricane, um, a resin hurricane uh, for the desert with the with the cannons. Yep. And it was obviously one of the first mouldings from <laughs> resin kit. Oh. No, 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 no. The first mouldings. Oh, it's a nice and crisp. Glorious. This thing was just pristine i think i i just there was just this tiniest mold line on the cowling and that was it the rest of the cast was just absolutely perfect um did you go it was, smiley it, yeah i was it was i was pretty happy it was one i was building up for the big desert day that i never got finished in the end <laughs> good because it never turned up so yeah i would have been gutted if i spent all that time and effort making and painting it just to have it not turn up um yeah so we'll see we'll see what the new the new resin uh Aircraft like being the force rig also just made me want to do Italy more. Yes, yeah, oh, yeah, Monte nice. Cassino, that'd be awesome. Just, just, yeah, just saying. <laughs> <laughs> you have to say too much, we're all on board with this as a plan. No, I know. <laughs> <laughs> cool, should we do an officer answers? We shall, yeah, then. okay. Uh, well, this is kind of linked to what we've just been talking about, so we've got two questions. So uh, Philip Hale asks, when taking Forsham Jaeger, how important mm-hmm. is it to max out the infantry platoons? 
Yes. I, I think, think it's quite important. I think it is, but it's a balancing act. I think you, if you're going to have just two platoons, definitely. If you can have three platoons, do two full strength and the third one under strength but reinforced so it could act as a... Like, oh, I just did my thing as a holder. That's a lot of stands, though. No, I, I've just misinterpreted that, though. I thought when you said max out, I thought you meant take all three platoons. No. Rather than actually making them big and chunky. Because obviously they were designed to take casualties on landing. Mm-hmm. Which is why you have potentially ten stands. I, I'm not a massive fan, actually, of huge units. Because I, they tend to get in the way of other themselves yeah. and it's very hard to bring that full weight of, you know, essentially right They're They're, they're wound counters. If you know it. Um, so if, yeah, sorry. The way I was asking that, answering that question was always take three platoons. Yeah. Tick. If you take platoons of seven, as opposed to, um, uh, yeah, I might pretend to take one that's bigger. Hmm. I think that might, um, be, yeah, taking all three, it gets expensive fast as well. And, if you're looking at the D-Day books as well, there's other ways to get those units bigger. So you could, like you said, like you had Eddie, you got your um, HMGs or Panzer Panzerstrecks, things like that. that. You know, add a couple of stands in, and then they're, they're nine strong, not seven strong. All of a sudden, that's that's pretty scary. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure you need all, you know, thirteen 10, stands, eleven, twelve, <laughs> 14 stands if you maxed out. <laughs> How much do you like painting smocks? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you better like painting a lot of smocks. Yeah. I'm going to do early war ones with just a plain smock. There you are. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you're, you're going to get full strength ones anyway, aren't you? Because when you buy the box sets, they're always full strength platoons. So yeah. you can always Not, play around with it. But Yeah, there's a caveat to that. Oh. I don't, I think I saw something about a guy who try, was trying to get so if you buy the company box, I believe you get two full-strength platoons. Okay. But if you buy the standalone box, it's not the full-strength, it's the seven-stand. Really? Yes. That's unusual. It, it, yeah, it's a, a public service announcement. So the company plastic box gives you 18... You get two two unit leaders plus eighteen MG forty two car ninety eight rifle stands. So that's your ten. He says. Just have a look now. Tuners. So eighteen. So it's twenty twenty divided by two. Yeah. So if you buy the company box, you get two platoons of ten with the extra MGs and stuff. Yeah. Uh, they look like yeah that looks full full blob yeah that's full four, blob. four panzer shreks two leaders yeah. yeah two command stands and 18 mg yep yeah, that's that's the full lot correct whereas if you look at the the platoon uh which is grenadier platoon grenadier platoon nope. yeah no yeah two men look up things on the internet yeah this is this is even worse Ripping out. <laughs> oh, now it's gone into the old stuff. Oh no! You sure you it's can you buy a platoon? Because they they started doing that thing, didn't they? Where you couldn't, there was no platoon. You can. What the new stuff? 
Oh, Pioneer, Africa Corps Pioneers. <coughs> doing to me? Um, yeah, I love looking. Every now and then I dip in and see what the old stuff they put back on the website about telling anyone. There's my boys. Luftlandestrum platoon. That's all you should be running. Oh, God. Silent attack. Jaeger platoon plastic. Got it. You've got it on the sixth page. It's one leader. Yep. Six MG42 teams. Yep. Two Panzer Shreks. Yep. And two unit cards. So, so yeah, seven strong, but with two Panzer Shreks. Huh. Yeah. So, yeah, a guy was, a guy was uh, complaining that you, if you bought that, so if you bought the company box and that, you don't get enough to make a full 30 stands. That's some big games you're playing if you're taking 30 stands at full shot. Well, that's what I that's think. Bad. I'm just saying. But yeah, I get the point. You, yeah, that seems weird to me. Why would you yeah. do that? Because I think it's probably the way the sprues cut. Okay, no, fair enough. There must, there must be a reason because they wouldn't just. Yeah, but also costing is wrong. Uh, yeah. Hmm. How often? How often are you going that hardcore? Yeah, that's interesting though. Okay, so I guess the question is, yeah, buy the company card, buy the company ones, and then get an extra platoon with. Short you're never gonna run, you never gonna. I mean, you're never gonna do it. I think it was a completionist point that he was, uh, you know, he wanted to complete everything yeah. before Shimiega, which is fair enough. I get, I get that as well. I mean, you can't fit that many in the gliders, so why do you why do you care? Gliders, yeah, you only have like 16 teams. I'm, I'm, I'm harking back to my uh, Luflanderstrom from earlier. Oh, <laughs> okay, so um. Brent Devos asks, Devos, Devos, if, you, if everybody gets upset about me pronouncing the name, then just you feel free to send me a message about how it's supposed to be pronounced. <laughs> um, do you prefer Forschmeager on the attack or in defence? Historically, it seems they were good at both. Yes. I'm going to say attack <laughs> with ammo. <laughs> no. Oh, <God>. <laughs> <laughs> No, um, I mean, the list that we've just given, considering that you can have bloody spearheading MG nests, both, really. Yeah, I think that, I think you can say tailor a list to be better at one of the two, but it's fairly easy to make a list that does both adequately well. And that also, that also harkens back to the strengths that came with, um, Brit Paras. I think Paras in general. Mm-hmm. You, you either had a hard time whittling them out of somewhere, trying to you know crunch them, crunch them down, or it went the other way, and then they would be running and swarming all over you. And and one of the strengths of the powers, I think. Now this is version three experience, not entirely version four, but I can see it carrying over. One of the strengths of the powers is the ability to take the brunt of an attack. Blunt it a little bit, and then go on the counter attack. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think certainly late war as well. They've got the capacity to be self sufficient, which helps. Yeah. So they've got quite a lot of integral AT, um, and you can really go hunting for people using your, you know, your careful, and then um, you know your uh, larger stands and, and speed to actually get into people's faces. I think, I think actually the 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 best way to play Parrot or Fulshimega, and this is probably true of Parrot and Lee, but you know, you, you've played more than me, but this is largely Theory Hammer. But I think the flexible, 
flexibility of mindset is probably a great asset because they can do everything. They actually don't need to say, right, I'm going to be aggressive with them. You can actually wait to see what your opponent's doing, what the mission is, what the table layout is, and not be, you know, slavishly um, following the same battle plan every time. Yeah. Yeah, and, and also evolve it halfway through the game. It's because they can just move now, man. I mean, I had yeah. Brit Powers of Gavin, Gavin Bombs. Um, this is during Fortress Europe days. I drove forward with my uh, crocodiles, been like, yeah, Churchill crocodiles, I'm going to get myself some infantry. And then before I knew it, I was surrounded on three sides. And he was just staying out of range. But I knew that if I moved forwards, then he would attack with one stand against the the blinded of the three. Sorry, I know sorry, I only had two. This is why I wanted to have three. Because he'd use one of them to block the f- defensive fire from the other one mm-hmm. from the whole mounted flamethrower gun and it all became a little bit of a cat and mouse of these two two crocodiles just kind of going well that's, that's a lot of infantry um if i get within assault range then i'm kind of in trouble yeah i i think the other thing you've got to bear in mind is that the full shimeager are careful generally with a three up morale so they're extremely hard i mean they're big big platoons as well, they're going to take some real shifting from your opponents and not, you know, use that to your advantage as well. Make them, the fact that they are scary, make them scary. So, yeah, yeah, if you can put pressure on your opponent by shoving them down his throat and telling them to deal with them, then, yeah, great. But the same thing, you can actually sit back and you've got, you know, pack 40s and other stuff that you can spring nasty surprises on them too with. So... I think that flexibility of mindset definitely they're, they're definitely a flexible unit. Yeah. <laughs> so both both in the same game. Yeah. Uh, well, is, yeah. Is what you can look at for those that answer. Uh, our good old friend Coxer uh, asks if my friend starting a in quotation marks was starting a Soviet army. I had a French one. What would you field, <laughs> and would it only be hot helicopters? <laughs> this is where I've got to remember stuff. So, what's the AT on a VAB? I can't remember now. You know, the little missile carrier. Is that a hot? Standby caller. I'm pretty sure it's a hot missile system. Out of late war, out of flames of war, comes forward another 20 odd years. 30 odd years. Team Yankee. They are in Free Nations. Yep. Roll. Oh, look, Nederlanders. Dutch. Gepards. Aussie bartenders. Nope, gone too far. Bits. Ah, I had it. I had it. Hot helicopters. The gazelles. Mm. Mm. Four points each again. Anti tank 23. Yeah. Three out of firepower, heat and guided. What What about the. I was, I was thinking about the VADs. Or VABs, sorry. I think they're um, they're a miss. I think they're the hot missile system as well. Vab Mistifso is the yeah. same same missile, yeah. Yeah. So I mean, you, you have got options. The other thing is that you only that you don't need to go massively heavy. I don't think you just think need enough to keep them honest. Vab Mistifso is actually relatively cheap as well because it's um, yeah. it's eight points for four of them. Yeah, and you, can have, each. and you can have two platoons, so that's like sixteen points, and now you've got eight 
hot shots a turn. Oh, and it looks really cute. It does. Are... It's far better than the Iraqi one, which is a horrible thing. <laughs> are they? Um, are they support? They're a support choice. So you throw them into one. Yeah, because the French are struggling a bit, aren't they? Because the AMX thirty is not exactly the most, um, yeah, punchy. No, I, I'm see, I, I'm still a big fan of doing the doing the Fab Company and AMX ten combo. Hmm. Yeah. So I think I think um, the MX ten it's got more of the same gun as the MX thirty, but it's heat, which obviously against the eras can be a problem. But um, it's got the whole scout thing going for it, so you can be a bit sneaky about how you use them. The AMX thirty hasn't really got anything going for it, in my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> in your humble opinion, well, it's, it's 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 not got the armor, but unlike a leopard, it doesn't really have the speed either. It's um, it's it's because it's rate of fire one the move. It hasn't got stabilizers. Um, yeah, it's, I, arm, it's armor I mean, eleven, which doesn't really stop anything of any, any consequence. I think the French infantry is decent though, as well, isn't it? Because it gets yeah. a lot of Milans again. So Milans are always good. I mean, they're not the great. Fun. The front armor of a T eighty. Twenty. Yeah. <laughs> ah. Yeah. So you're well, you're hunting for ones, but you're throwing so many shots down. Yeah. Also, you've got that little um their their anti tank teams. It, um so like the Carl Gustav equivalent. Um they have the Apalas, which is anti tank twenty one, which is yeah. uh, range sixteen. So it's like a super Carl Gustav. Um Against your and if you're firing against the side armor against the era, that's pretty damn decent because that's like obviously 16. Yeah. Yes, the, the infantry has always been quite strong, I think, because it's got um, the the Milan's cut are extra, aren't they? You buy them as an add on, yes. Yeah, so the Fabs can have two. a Milan team in each um platoon, and then you can buy a Milan section which has eight Milans, so it's a nice construct <laughs> uh, to the fire effectively. How do you like the sound of that, then, any Eight Milans. Is that eight million? Yeah, but that's like eight million bloody pounds a shot, isn't it? Uh, so Milan's section is 11 points for eight Milans. Yep. I mean, you're, 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 um, you're skill three plus, you're hit on fours. Your only real problem is you're, you're morale five plus. Once, but hey, once you're down to two Milans, are you really in a fight? Are you really bothered <laughs> yeah. at that point? <laughs> That's why we think the French, the French morale being low is is an, is an oxymoron, especially in the infantry. Just to, yeah. it's just not going to be relevant. It's not going to be a game. Yeah. Well, I think I think actually taking too many gazelles is probably a trap as well because they're they're not they're what eight points each the same as the PAH, so they're not super cheap and they're not the most durable. And you know your Soviet player is probably packing some shilkers. Whereas well, shilkers are short range. I mean, that's that's they are. Thing. But I think I, I think the point is that you you need more than just that as well. Like even yeah. just like I said, Milan's just keep him honest because yeah, it's, it's fishing for ones. But here's eight here's eight shots. I'm hitting you on threes. Yeah, most of so out eight shots, at least five of them are gonna hit. Roll the dice. You're probably gonna get one one. I mean, yep. you know, and then your Mephistos are firing as well, and you know you're getting the AMX tens and the flanks putting shots in. It's worth it. Yeah. So, yeah, in answer to the question, Cox, let's buy lots of resin. <laughs> yeah, yeah it's the way forward. It's the future, I've seen it. <laughs> future. But you definitely, uh, you definitely need some hots in there. Yeah. It is something. You need to consider something, otherwise you're going to have a very bad day. Yes. 
Uh, so Quinton Taylor asks, uh, where's it going? Advice for organising a tournament. What are the most important aspects? What details make or break a tournament experience? What have you not seen yet in tournament organisation that you wish you would? Okay. We, should we take them one at a time? No, it's doing what it wants. All okay. right, so. <laughs> advice for organising a tournament. Um, what makes or... What, so what's the most important aspects? Organisation. Yep. Being organised. Having everything set up in advance. Name that's what times. Falls. Yep. Good, a, a reasonably well laid out tournament pack so people know exactly what the hell's going on. If a TO is not organised, then the tournament's are, it's never, it's never going to recover from that. It's always going to be the back foot. It might still be a good tournament, but it's not going to be a great tournament. It just won't, you won't be able to hit that height. I think you've got to, the TO's got to put the legwork in and make sure everything's got a plan and is, you know, executed. I mean, yeah, that that comes down to you know, obviously having having contingency for players who aren't going to turn up or can't turn up because of events. Yep, yep. So you always have with, a ringer. Yeah, always have a ringer or have a you know worst case scenario, and it is the worst case mm-hmm. is have a have a you know have an army you can play yourself. Yeah, that's now, hard work though. That is letting yourself in for it. It is super hard work playing in a tournament and running one. Um, I, I I wouldn't recommend that, especially not if it's the first time you're doing it. There's oh, a God. lot. No, never. Lot of happening. Well, that that isn't advice. That is a bit of a genuine advice as well. If you're running a tournament for the first time, do not play in it. Don't plan to play in it. Don't plan yep. it. Play in it. Go around yeah. heckle people. Go around and heckle. Well, beforehand, make sure you know what people you know people are bringing. Read up their army rules. Look at their army lists and go. Oh, I wonder how that works. I wonder how this works. You'd be amazed the amount of players who bring an army to a tournament and don't know their own rules. Yeah. Have a quick flick through the FAQ so you can yeah. get most of that stuff. Just in the, so don't remember just remember everything, but remember something's fair. So if someone gets a question, you go, oh, I remember seeing that, and be able to put mm-hmm. it up. In it. Yeah. So you know, it's not all about knowing knowing the rules off by heart, but it's about knowing where to look. Make sure that you have copies of those documents with you. So have the latest FAQ, have the latest edition packs, edition yep. packs printed out. Um, yeah, probably bring some copies as well because people won't have them, especially if you said in the in the um, the pack you must bring your own copies. People won't. You've yeah. got to assume as well that – I think it's the same as when you're driving, right? You've got to assume everyone else on the road is an idiot. Yeah. So that's the so, uh, nicest possible way you go you get, you know, some extra packs, you get some other bits and pieces. You know, and you bring sure dice, that... you bring tape measures. Yeah. Um, Artillery template's always good. Tell us the, about one the, of them. The, the classic tournament thing is to make sure you've always got glue. Yep. Because there'll be some guy who drops his bloody army case and destroys it. Yeah, or especially with a hairdryer. Yeah, drops a hairdryer and iron on it or something like stupid like that. Yep. Um, Washing then, machine. Yeah, Try like to glue his back together before he plays a game. <laughs> have, clear, have clear timings. But, you know, be flexible for the experience as well. Also, call out times. Yes. I, that's a real big thing. Just shouting out, going one hour down. If you've got two and a half hour rounds, you know, just keeping people aware. Yep. You know, nothing you, worse than getting the last shout and it's like, or the first shout is, there's 20 minutes left. You're like, what yeah. the? I always, yeah. do, I, I always do one after, for one we had like um, an hour left, and then a half hour, and then 15. Yep. It just helps people. Like, it helps it run because people know, you know, some people will be very aware of that. Some people won't be aware and it just 
you know, it just helps everyone. Set a timer on your phone for each next call out because you'll get you'll be busy. You'll be amazed. You'll be amazed how exhausted you are running a tournament, not yep. playing. Mm-hmm. Just just through the conversations that you have and and the you know. Oh, just a thought for me as well. Where we're talking about um, not playing, if you can convince someone else, they don't have to be a war gamer, but just someone else to be present to do admin, that really helps as well. Like inputting data, mm-hmm. collecting sheets, and just shoving stuff in, like a gopher essentially. Yeah. Um, that really does help because you don't have to worry about it. Then you can, you know, actually run and make sure that, that everything's running according to your schedule. You don't have to worry about sitting there and hammering away at bits of paper you can just you know concentrate on the important bits yeah so if you if you can you know rope someone into that and for the, um, the first couple make sure that you're not you're not doing something really convoluted yeah keep it simple well, while we are talking about timing is actually one thing i think that gets overlooked sometimes is is breaks are important breaks between games so people can decompress a bit yep. but knowing what facilities are available Yes, because there's nothing worse than having no food and drink available, and the nearest place is like 15, 20 minutes away, or something like that. Or you know, you you've got you your twenty minute break. Oh, fantastic! Yeah. yeah, so just being cognizant of that kind of stuff is helpful. And even if you tell people that's the case, they'll still they'll still turn up without food. Yeah, yeah. Gamers be dumb. Well, sorry, players be dumb. That's the same in everything. It's just yeah, it's just it's just life that is, isn't it? That's just. That's just oh, people as well. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but what, what's the next question? So we've rambled through that one. Quickly moving on. Um, so what details make or break the tournament experience? Well, for me, it's having fun. Yeah. Like, I don't... If I'm not having fun, I don't know what the point of me being there is. Mm. So I think trying to keep it... You know, it's a competitive environment. You've got to accept if you're going to a quote-unquote tournament... It's, it's competitive. People are going to want to win. That's fine. But there's winning and there's winning. So having some guidelines around, you know, etiquette, if you like. I'm not going to say sportsmanship, but just etiquette as well. Just what's expected of people, I think, is important. Um, you know, there's nothing worse than being slow played and not someone feeling not able to put their hand up and say, look, I'm, I'm, I don't think I'm getting the fair rub of the green here. Yeah. Oh, the, the terrain as well. That's, yeah. Oh, God, yeah. That's, that's my thing. Always make sure the tables look nice. Yeah. That are playable. Nice and playable. I think the problem is, my first few tournaments, I got the nice bit done. And they weren't actually at great, great for playability, which is <laughs> something I got better on over time. How, how many pieces of terrain would you say, say on a table? Like, this is not, you know... Uh... <sighs> well, this gets back to my thing about making sure, li- going more for linear terrain than okay. um, blob terrain. So I always try to make sure... Yeah, I try and make sure that... Um, from looking both across the table and down the table, obviously it depends on the mission where you might be going, is there's some decent, you got some like, you know, a couple, you got like a foot or more of firing lines before you hit terrain. So you've got some manoeuvre. There's gaps so you can do manoeuvre rather than bog your way through terrain. There's a decent road network that hopefully at least touches Something. what each edge. Yeah. A makes sense from a narrative, but also touches all four edges effectively so crossroads crossroads are always good for that kind of thing um this is like something like desert or like really out in the sticks where you don't really want to have too much road but so it's road. certainly like yeah i know and also sorry yeah, on the rivers 
you're going to put a river on the table, make sure it goes from an edge to an adjacent edge. Don't go opposite to opposite edge because it just screws up the flow of the board. Well, I also wouldn't make it... Like, I wouldn't make it necessarily a river at that point as well. If you're going to put it across the width of the table, just say it's like, you know, difficult That's, going or something. That really comes down to the players, unless you have a, uh, unless you want to go into your tournament pack and really st- stipulate, look, rivers in this, uh, no river is impassable. They're all considered as yeah. terrain with yeah. a cross check with terrain fords or something like that. Quite a big thing for me, actually, now. Now I'm getting old and, and grumpy. He's actually yeah. playing... Um, not, I don't really want to play blue on blue. I'm sorry, it's just I just don't. Yeah, it doesn't fill me full of any joy. I'll do it, like if the the tournament, you know, that's that's because that's the other thing, right? Go to the tournaments you want to play in. Mm-hmm. So you got to read the pack, see what's happening, see what the see what the thought is behind it, and yeah. then decide if you want to go. Like, don't go and just say, yeah, I'm going to go because I, I like playing games because they will all be different and you'll get different things out of them. Um. Yeah, I, I definitely for me like the nice terrain, um, blue, red versus blue. It all helps that immersiveness and like, bonus points if it's themed as well to a theatre or something like that. Oh yeah, cool. Are yeah, you, like you've got a little background or something like that to it. So it's actually, obviously the more you, more you restrain these things, the harder it is to get people to come because. It, but because if you do some really obscure thing, it might be trouble. But if you can do, I would. Yeah. I always had good luck doing like I say, red versus blue desert, and like. Very rarely can I make numbers up to make a really decent tournament on that. So, well, I guess that, that that comes down to run the tournament you want to play in as well. Definitely, you can't play in it, but you're you're going to be there, and it's going to be your baby. So, you, you, need, you know, you need to love love what you're doing and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, exactly. So. Yeah, the, the red versus blue thing as well. It's that also helped stop people getting. Especially now, there are more books out for late war. What, what used to happen is you'd turn up with a, you know, what I would call an early late war list. You'd have your Italian, you know, Italy yeah. campaign Brits, mm-hmm. and then the guy turns up with Yag Tigers. You know, just two armies that would never see each other, and you're just not going to have a fun game. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I mean, there are horses for courses. Some people like to just. Like I said, play play the best thing, which is fine. It's just if that's what you if that's what you're into and that's what you want to play. Yeah, cool. But be clear, be clear about that in the, in the mission pack. Yeah, you know. Oh, I, if, once you get an ethos behind the event, then the other decisions kind of become clearer, and people know what to expect and can kind of manage their expectations to it. So if you get a guy who turns up ultra competitive to a, a red versus blue campaign event, mm-hmm. it's a lot easier conversation to have than. If you hadn't had that, you know, clear already, yeah, yeah, people are still going to make mistakes because people are people. That's just the way they work. But what's your feeling on missions? Do you play the same one every round? No, I, 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 I think same version four. I think you've got to do it with the stances. Yeah, I, I think if you try and do anything different, it, it's just it makes things mess up it's like what mark was talking about recently when he was looking yeah at. that's why i asked it i thought it, it's an interesting thought because historically i would have said that as a tournament organizer the easiest thing to do is play the same mission in every round for everyone because yeah. then you've got you're going to have the same questions yeah so how we used to do it i agree yeah I agree. but i think actually yeah, you're right i think it's, it's different I, I i would definitely do the stances and i'd definitely allow people that freedom because also 
you know, if you are at an event and it's probably in a shop or, I don't know, a convention or something like that, it makes it different. You know, people walking around look at it and it's yeah, it's something different going on every table. It's a bit, it's a bit cooler. And I've thrown, two, I've thrown two modifiers to that as well. I also use Mark's expanded mission table. He puts all the missions in. Yeah, he and put I'd, a lot of work And I'd let there. people, if they both played the mission already in the tournament, roll it again when the second roll stands to hopefully cut down the amount of like repeat missions. Now. So what you're, sh- what you're saying is in our, in our uh, event weekends, mm-hmm. we should have a separate mission table for every round, depending on how the previous round goes. That would work. So that way you still use the table... And then, but you, you, you're, you as a tournament organizer say, right, you chose attack, you chose defend. Yep. It's this mission out of those selections, and that way you can control making sure everyone's hasn't repeat the mission. Yeah, that's a good way of doing it. And it also, if you're doing an event, it also fits a theme of well, actually, you guys are attacking, but you're attacking from a defensive position, therefore you're doing a breakthrough as opposed to. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Advice on the fly. Mm-hmm. That way, people that way people can still plan their armies around using stances, and yes. like say, you can still fit your theme and also make sure no one has to repeat missions that kind of thing. So it's all good stuff. Yeah. Uh, what have you not seen yet in a tournament organization that you wish you would? Ooh, um, that's a good question. People um, finish their games on time would be fantastic. <laughs> yeah. What finishing in the time limit? So as a TO, I can actually have a lunch mm. break. Yeah, so it's... yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know actually. I mean, I've never, I've never personally been involved in in like a campaign weekend where the, everything's linked together as an event. That might be cool. Um, That's because you, you didn't come to my morning, Guildford, did you? No, no. Golden Tigers, mate. You could have had a Golden Tiger. Oh. <laughs> I'm just yeah, I'm trying to think like if there's anything like crossing the streams, if there's anything in other game systems that I think's like... I like the idea I like the idea of fun spot prizes. I like what we're doing with the yeah. whole raffle thing. Okay. So it doesn't matter yeah. where you come, you've got a chance of winning something. Who's got a better chance of winning if you win the games? Yeah. Um yeah, so I think you can do that kind of stuff to make it less competitive but still worth, you know, winning. Yeah. Not to winning at all costs, but certainly winning. Well, yeah, because I think, I, think, I think having a best general award, like as in the person who wins the most, that's fine. But I wouldn't put that, the biggest prize towards that. Oh, it's a certificate. The prizes are separate based on yeah. the separate draw. I mean, there's, there's part of me, what I would like to see, because obviously this is more of an event organisation rather than tournament. You know, to, tournament, to me, tournament, the word is a rolls roll around, you know, cutthroat, not, not cutthroat, but competitive, all, all gloves off min maxing the rules of the list to make the best efficient army to then use the maximize the rules to, to win, win the game. it's win focused yes exactly and placing is focused yeah. whereas an event what i would love to see is go to an event where the the, the outcome of the tour, the outcome of the mission of, of the game is more focused upon the story arc than just winning your mission. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Do you mean like doing like a Firestorm thing? Like, yeah. But without the Firestorm units necessarily, but, you know, like making, this is the fight in Sector 17B. If you win this, then you've got to take this next bridge type well, thing. Well, yes, but so far, all of the Flames of War missions are all, the, you know, you can win them by company break. 
Yeah. But there's part of me that wants to see to move away from the balanced Flames of War setting and go more into the you know, okay, you're massively outnumbered, you're mass you know, you, you you're not it's not a balanced game, but you don't have to destroy the enemy to win. You just have to accomplish this. Like the ETC. Sorry, I couldn't. <laughs> Stop me dead. Yeah, I know. I thought I'd it in it. No, I know what you're saying. I mean, like, so. Yeah, I guess. Actually, you know, thinking about that, those. Playing, like, the Fog of War cards. Yeah. So playing okay. to 10 points of Fog, Fog of War, where, um, you know, it's not just company break or do this one thing. It's you have to keep flexibly changing your battle plan, I guess. Yeah. yeah, I see. I see what you're saying. And yeah, hard, I don't know how lot, you do that. It's a lot harder to do, which you know, it's just why it's a wish list thing. But it would be kind of cool if you had like blind fog of war cards, but made sense if you were playing if if you weren't playing a game, but you were fighting a battle. Like, you know, you know that they're trying to break out, therefore the bridges are kind of super important. So the you know there is no objective marker on the bridge, but the allied player has a bit of paper telling him that your objective markers are on the bridge. So you're kind of always second-guessing the opponent kind of thing. What about doing that for each table and then just moving the players yeah. around the tables? Yeah, so no. Have, yeah. And so then something you have, like that. Oh. That's, that's what I'd love to go to. It's something where it, cool. takes it takes you from just being, okay, we're playing Flames of War and it like links into something, into being a bit more like, okay, well, actually, you know, this is now more me marshalling my company of troops as opposed to... Yeah. Yeah, bit bit deeper, I guess. Without it, without it becoming number crunchingly painful, which is what a lot of these things escalate into. Yeah, I don't want to do maths. Or, I don't want to do maths swing. in real yeah. life, let alone in yeah, exactly. happy life. Or, or swingy like the GW campaign stuff does at the end, when you end up with the guys one of his games and has an amazing Blood Bowl team that just. Don't, no, you just wreck on it, don't you? It's like Storm of Chaos. You just you run an event and then immediately it's afterwards, just, yeah, just go, oh, that didn't happen. It was all a dream. It was all a dream. Yeah, yeah. That, 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 that's my blue sky wishing. You guys got anything yeah. you want to see at a tournament that you haven't seen other than free tea and coffee and chairs at every table? Oh, my God. Uh, some kind of person going around giving back massages. and Oh, massages. no, 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 no. I've got it. An instant COVID nineteen vaccine, so we can actually play one without having to. <laughs> oh yeah, oh. <laughs> socially distanced. Um, yeah, that'd be nice. Yeah, I, th- I don't think so. Like from the, just thinking about events, I I would like to see more themed ones. Like you said, like this is a market garden theme ones. I know that's limiting, but then, like I said, you know, play or organize what you want to play. So I, I think that's that would be cool. Um, yeah. I'm not being funny. At the same time, most hobbyists get to a point. Yes, yes, for, for brand new people, it's limiting, and therefore you can make exceptions to their list that they bring. But at the same time, most hobbyists get to the point where it's any excuse to make a new army list. Um, limiting, yeah. I mean, it's limiting more in the forces more than than I think sometimes in the, the figures that you've got. I mean, a German grenadier company is a German grenadier company. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I mean, it's more like Market Garden. Well, I'm a Soviet player. What am I supposed to do? And the answer is stop playing come, Soviets. Oh yeah, like, come, collect come, the Eastern Front Army. Like come, you to, come to my next event, which is going to be Operation Progression. Yeah, or, or or you know, what sort of hobbyist are you? 
take a big heat half of this crack pipe and get on to uh <laughs> what kind of player are you you've only got one army i i've yet to meet this you know meta meta person who only has one uber collection well the, the only person i've ever come across i think is it dave palmer who only played hungarians and yeah. that was the, the entoyment but he's the only person i've ever met that's not got more than one more than one um army of some kind because yeah it just happens it just happens man i mean like it just what happens what what is your secret if you only have one? <laughs> yeah if you have only one army right in and tell yeah, us why right in. if you only collect one force and and it's just a normal here's the thing right if you only collect one force but it's a normal size force and not like a oh yeah it's not like every single force. tank that's ever existed yeah. for the german art yeah exactly yeah because okay. we know those people exist but yeah, you've got one 100-point army. And, and nothing else. And no incentive to ever try anything else. No. Ever. Yeah. Write in, and uh, I'll send you an army box. <laughs> <laughs> I will immediately get you off that. Yeah. We'll see how long that lasts. <laughs> it's a strange thing, that events. I mean, events like events and tournaments, I do think there needs to be a better distinction between those two things sometimes. Yeah. But, yeah. I mean... Running GTs, that's great. But yeah, events, I think, are just more interesting. I'm more interested in an event than a grand tournament, I think. Well, the most fun that we had at most of the tournaments we went to, we made our own event out of it, didn't we? With the whole Tigers. Yeah, Tiger Tony the Tiger and... Yeah, and it's that that that's that adds a little bit of, yeah, spice as well. Yeah, event event to it as opposed, sorry, as opposed to a tournament. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you just, you, yeah, like you said, you make your own success up there. And it's not about winning. It's about I'm the better Tiger Commander than it's bragging. I mean, all, they're all bragging rights anyway, aren't they? Well, who, who won that one? I can't even remember. That's how important who? it was. Oh, yeah, I think, no. I can't remember. Some, I remember something about me killing. Uh, oh, it wasn't me. I didn't killing, do well. Yeah, no, it was. I, I totally won that on that last yeah. game where I managed to Tiger his Tiger against. Yeah. Apparently, Panzer 3s aren't very good. Panzer threes are great as long as you're up with them and keep them at range. No, yeah, that wasn't. Panzer fours. Now that's the hidden secret of uh, mid war. Short Panzer fours. Short Panzer fours, mate. They're great. Oh, they're overpriced. They're rubbish. No, they're not, mate. Just, just, just you wait till you repeat bombard them. There's one infantry platoon. They all run away dying. Yeah, do you mean this armored artillery? What? Yeah. yeah you start. You sub the short Panzer fours. Has. I was wearing yeah. the staff with, but you're definitely me on it. They well, they're yeah. fine. They they do suffer a little bit now. The later war books are out, and they their front armor isn't as hot as it used to be. You got be you can't be as 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 you know gauche with them as you could. They're only mid war, aren't they? You can't get them in late. Oh yeah, yeah, no, no, they're only mid war. So, but I mean, the 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 difference is then is how much you vesps. That's the thing. Yeah, that's 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 taken taken away the front line pans of fullness of them. Yeah. But you know, there's still a place. Yeah. So, uh, oh god, we need to play some more uh, midwall. I yes. still like midwall. It's so good. Midwall's still my favourite. Midwall desert. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I still need to get a British army of some kind. Do. I don't I, have a British I, army. I could sell you one. <laughs> I might have bought one during the COVID crisis of grants and honeys. Oh, um, really? Yeah. Well, I've got British infantry. That would work. Mistakes were made. Mistakes were made. Um, Adrian Gibson asks, what Team Yankee armies would you play if you wanted a totally different experience from the one available in Flames of War? See, I read this question. So, I was thinking about this a lot. 
I, 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 I thought there's an obvious answer here, which is Afghanistan, because it's all based on yes. helicopters. <laughs> that, was exactly my thought. that was exactly my thought, because I thought, what's the US Airborne, yeah. 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 Afghanistan is probably the most different experience, especially if you can play on a big table. Yeah. But... Yes. But then once they get out of the helicopters, they're kind of just good infantry. Uh, yeah, but you still backed up then by by helicopters, by helicopters. <laughs> million helicopters buzzing around. Yeah. But yeah, I think Afghanistan are definitely the most different at the moment. Mm. I think if you look, because I, I immediately went for my Basaj thing again, but actually Basaj is just an infantry company. It's just so, that's just like Soviets. Yeah. Soviets. Yeah, I think British these... British infantry is just basically playing British infantry in mid-war, except for the six pounders now fire missiles. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, because that was the conclusion I came to, was basically the biggest difference between the two systems is helicopters, mm. essentially. So whatever helicopters you can get in your list, that's probably the best way to do it. Yeah, so it's going to be Afghanistan, or it's going to be doing the American equivalent with like the 80 second, like um, armoured cav backed up by three platoons of helicopters and A-10s. Mm-hmm. And stuff, yeah. You say that, but most NATO main battle tank forces are... Very different fish to most heavy tanks from Flames of the War. And the, the, the movement is very different in tanks. This is true. Well, this is what we keep saying, isn't it? It's what, I, no, um, it's what we, you were having issues with, Duncan, was the idea yep. my tanks can move. Environmental Fire 1, along with T-72s, my tanks can move and still fire effectively as yep. if I was sitting still. I yep. don't need to sit out in the open. I can sit back and move up move. to, yeah. Yeah, I need to rest- sit there and take it in the first turn. Yeah. Plus, I can just cross through this wood at 10 inches and then blat away at full rate of fire at range. Well, that, that was the biggest thing with the Leopards, was I can move 14 and still shoot twice. Yeah. I've got a, la- I've got a laser range finder, so I don't even care about long range. So yeah. it's like I don't even need to close. I just need to be in the right place at the right time. Yeah, which is weird because the big thing about Team Yankee when it came out was the movement orders. But I actually find myself not using them very often. Yeah, I think we just because we're still trying to learn the base game again. Um, Yeah, but I just you just think, well, why am I blitzing? I don't need to stay stationary. I just move around the corner. All right, Mister, I've got advanced stabilizers. Some of us don't don't have that luxury. (laughs) Well, if you're going to be playing an impoverished, you know. Eastern European nation. I don't know what to say. British, but yeah, that still works. <laughs> yeah. That's what that's what that's what I'm saying. Impoverish third world nation. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, England. Yeah. Oh, 1980s England. Yeah. Well, well I, I I want to want them to release a football hooligan supplement. That would be scary. That's a massage, isn't it? That's a massage. That's a massage. <laughs> this is this is England. But yeah, I, I think. I know Eddie's probably going to disagree, but it's all right. It sounds like he's gone away to get another rum. But um, I, I think um, definitely when I was thinking about this, the the biggest difference is helicopters. Like that's the most different game experience. The whole way, the mechanic, the, the way they work and everything is just not the same. Like, I, I see, yeah, it's, I think you're right. It's, it's, it's the helicopters and it's the way tanks move. I think the two yeah. things, yeah. Yeah, because everything else is, is broadly similar. Yeah. Like, like you said, even, you know, missiles work like anti-tank guns. Essentially. Yeah, much, I, yeah. I guess, but also, even that saying they're broadly similar. Now, having the integral missiles in the infantry platoons was integral AT has only just kind of come back into version four flames of war. Mm-hmm. 
you know, in, in oh, a yeah. way. Oh, God. Yeah, in desert. Uh, do you want to pay two points to have a one shot of a Pandanaka? No, I don't. Where's my only tank gun? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, that that is a big deal. Integral AT has always been a big thing. If you can get it, it's amazing. What would you play if you could play anything then? Like as a gaming experience from Team Yankee to Flames of War? Like as a, as a, if you wanted something completely different. Oh. No, because I'm kind of doing it at the moment. But I'm also, the Passage <laughs> Pasa- Pasa- is the one I'm curious about. I was hoping you could go do see how it works. Oh, God. Get all volunteered to paint, yeah. 100, was it 280 men or something? Mm-hmm. If I could play anything for any amount of money, I would have a a, a, a huge like barn-sized table which is just water with different islands on it. <laughs> oh, this is going now. Yeah. Right? No, no, no. And then everyone has either helicopter or amphibious forces. Let's get back to our, our, our Sui's. Um, yeah, yeah. But BMP, BMPs versus Riverine naval yeah, battle. Yeah, BMPs versus Riverine, but in Team Yankee, taken to 11. So you have like the, the US Marines with their labs like, yeah, yeah. coming in. You have the the warthogs dropping people off. You know you have helicopters whizzing around. I think that would be an amazing game. We reject is on the islands, like maybe a big central one that has some main battle tanks on, just because. Mm-hmm. I just you know I just think it's funny. You could have you'd be sitting there and you're going oh, like what NATO anti air support would you have whilst the bloody geckos are just swimming up to an island laughing? Well, they can't fire swimming, surely. I don't. Know, I can't remember what the amphibians do. <laughs> yeah, they, they can. They can still move. You can shoot while you're amphibious. Amphibious just means you can, oh means you, can cro- you can you can be in impassable water terrain. Does it, it counts it as something, doesn't it? It counts as, as difficult. You know, difficult terrain. Yeah. Yeah, you can fire while floating. <laughs> as you should. <laughs> but do you go back like four inches every time you shoot. <laughs> Yeah, I should be in there. That would be that would be my different flames of war game. Would be so, helicopters and amphibious units on beaches. Yeah, amphibious teams treat impassable water as difficult going. Oh, so they can. It's a cross check to move. Yeah, just or you just sit there because you can't make headway and stuff. Yeah. So mm-hmm. we need to do that. We need to buy some blue sheets. I've got a um, nine ten by five. Uh, it's actually a coastline one. Yeah, you could do a, a coastal assault. So teams I, I was thinking more little pockets of islands because then we could do the Pacific campaign with marines and and, and you know. Oh, we got big defenders. Yeah, I've got a big blue cloth as well, like a ten by five C one. Oh, that'd be so good. Do that then. Which means you got a twenty by five with a coast and one end. You exactly. Oh, <laughs> then, then you could do um, hidden hidden Japanese artillery, and until the marines land on the island to find it, you won't know where it's coming from. Be firing bombardments out onto the landing craft. I'll leave that with you, Eddie. Oh dear! Oh no! What have you done, Adrian? What have you done? <laughs> <laughs> Philip Hale asks, "How much or not will the T eighty shake up the tank meta in Team Yankee?" Yes. <laughs> yes. All of it. it will shake up all of it. 
it's just completely different. It's, yeah, I don't see how it can't. I can't have a defining actual um, role in Team Yankee. To be honest, I mean the T sixty two had a little bit of a jump to get there, but this is this is just bonkers, frankly. It's he finally got a decent tank to go against all that NATO crap that had been leading the way for the last however many years. I yeah, I just think it's just completely it's so alien. The biggest cool. advance for it is is you can get your t- get your army set up in about five minutes. The <laughs> Soviet player is not to be underestimated. Yeah, you don't have to invest most of your life painting green. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I just think it's yeah, it's just a different playing experience for both sides. I think it's it's actually probably the most important release for Team Yankee today. There you go, yeah. I've said it. Yeah, I think if you if you play if you Playing blue and blue, it's probably less so. But if you're playing red and blue, then all of a sudden, all your your um, British Milan lists and French Milan lists, all of them are not invalid, but certainly less effective. It's um, just you got to come up with a new tactic. You have got yeah. to come up with something different. You can't sit yeah. in there and go, "I'm going to Milan you to this." <laughs> yeah. It's just I think it is the most important release they put out today. I, I stand by that. Like beyond everything else. I agree. Yep. Okay. That's right. I prefer the oh. T seventy twos. Yeah, but that's they just the T 72s get better because the T eighty exists and people have yeah, to take. No, I know, but I had to keep telling myself that because otherwise I want to buy a T eighty army and I fall into loose trap. Well, you know, three three bloody starter sets and then I'll be. No, no, no. What you you do is to buy the wait for the five box to come out so that I can nick the T eighty shock battalion card off you from the boxes. <laughs> well, I did have to resist the other this morning. Actually, there was a there was one going on eBay for it was yeah twenty two quid. It was up to what the box to, the card? No, the, as in the <laughs> yeah no the the starter set. And I was like, no, 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 no. You just need five. You just need five T eighties. Uh, Someone briefly let out the bag. I can't remember who it was. Um, they said the new shot battalion card means they're hit on fours, and what? that that would make it e- well, obviously make it more expensive. But um, yeah, that'd be a shake up. Well, I wonder what the point's going to be at that point, though. Oh, definitely. I'm a. I'm curious if that's accurate, and b. I'm curious what my point penalty is for doing that. Point point penalty, You'd not cost anymore. Two armies in one bag at that point. Yeah. Yeah, that's. It's going to get weird, though, isn't it? It's going to get really weird because you could have, you have all these T fifty five swarms at the same time as you got T seventy T eighty. That is the nature of the cult of the Soviet army. No, I know. I know. Throw anything away. They've still got now. Probably sat there somewhere. It's Siberia. Oh yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, I'd, I'd that would make me quite. Chuckle actually if someone brought a T fifty five swarm against some T eighties. What's the what's the side armor? Eight. Ten. Ten. And what's T fifty five? Oh, it's nineteen, isn't it? Sixteen? Sixteen. Uh, Seventeen, I think. So it's yeah, still enough that they can still go through if they flank them. Yep. Mm. Well, yeah. That, that comes down to need like you say, you need your infantry screen to hold your flanks and stop them doing that. Yeah. And that's why I keep getting back to you. You can't, you can't just be just a load of tanks. If you do, you'll get flanked and killed. And you, didn't matter, you, you can be, especially with the Soviets, they put out one shot a turn. It's really easy then for the T 55s to flank them. 
Um, but if you like, say if you have like a, a BMP platoon set up and holding your flank with the BMP freeze back and fire miss back up missiles each turn as well, well that only helps. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm glad I've gone for Polish. I've got my list. I've got my units. Don't get distracted. Focus. Oh, I'm not going to be distracted. Focus. You are going to be distracted. It's, that's just the nature of the beast. Yes, it is. I'm, I'm good. So wait till they put South Korean T90s in. Oh, <laughs> yes, please. I love the fact South Korea, to set up their debts to the Soviet Union, basically got a bunch of BMP-3s and T80s. And so it's like the only Western force going around with these tanks. <laughs> <laughs> do they get like emails from uh, the development arms company mm. have you got a spare one that we could just like, shoot up a little bit oh, right. so you got, do, do you guys not know this the, Brit- the British bought a TATU after the break of the Soviet Union they bought, they, they bought it via like a shell company yeah. and got it back to the UK and basically everybody in NATO is firing everything they have at this thing to, <laughs> to work it works yeah <laughs> How screwed would we have been? Oh, oh, very. Very, very. Apparently the answer was very. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the size of the bullet we dodged was approximately 120 mil. Yeah. Um, it's interesting that my friend, my, my friend Paul gets very quiet about how good some of the Soviet stuff was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you don't want to know because you wouldn't sleep at night. Mm. Uh, um. Jeffrey Hill asks the 116th Panzer Grenadiers, armoured or not, versus the 9th, the best SS Panzer Grenadiers, which would you prefer as a single unit or as part of a formation? Oh my god, right, I'm going to have to look up the card now, aren't I, for 116th. So 116th is Windhund. I know that. Your your professionalism has has reached past mine. I've, I've got far too many rums. Okay, so uh, Greyhound uh, gives you a uh, last stand rating of 5 plus and a tactics rating of 4 plus for minus 2 per unit. Yeah, makes them right, worse. So, yeah, it makes them worse with minus 2. But that last stand, ugh. Uh, yeah, but you keep your um, cautious. You do keep cautious, which is the, the probably the big deal, isn't it? And you'd keep, your, re- you'd keep your remount 3 plus on, lots of so- on the German stuff as well. Yeah, so that's cheap. Cheap and cheerful. So this is a single support platoon, right? Things both. A force, a force or support. Force or support. And what's the other one? The ninth SS. Uh, yes. Yeah, because that's like that's like chalk and cheese. Because like ninth SS go like super good, cool, and um, hundred sixteen. Well, they get this plus three points. Oh no, yeah. no, that's Panthers. Oh, I need to find the Panzer Grenadiers. Panzer fours, still the best infantry you go. So plus two points, they go fearless, veteran, careful. Um, so you go two armored or not as well. Yeah, so you go two. Do I go two points less or three points more? Two points more. I go. I go two points less each time. Those two points. Those two points will build up and go and get me something else in my unit. And more shots down range is always better. I think if you have a single support unit, there's an argument to have the, you know, the fearless, fearless veterans for mm. a single infantry unit. Because if you're going to put just a big blob of them in, you might as well make them chunky monkeys. Chunky. I, I know, I know what you're saying, but I think for, for see, I'm, I'm, yeah, I like, I like cheap crappy troops as well. 
Actually, say the Panthers are three points more. Normal Panthers yeah. are two points more. Yeah, and the infantry is two points more. Mm. I always like crappy infantry. I don't know why, because I think if you you, you don't ask too much of it, yeah, and it tends to surprise you. Um, Oxter, yeah. I don't know. Don't run away. Okay. Does he say what is the what, what is support? I suppose he didn't say what is supporting. No, he says which would you prefer as a single unit or as part of a formation. So which would you prefer as a formation? Formation definitely Greyhound. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't take them in our half tracks. It's a lot of MGs. Yeah, but they're just going to get somewhere and then get pinned forever because they're only rallying on four plus. Hmm. Eddie says, mm. I know, uh, yeah. And then I think you, you, a case can be made for a single platoon of the fearless veteran guys. I think my other problem is when you do take these cards for like the fearless veterans, everything takes the plus two points. Doesn't it? Like it says infantry build, right? German build formation. Yeah. So everything in that formation all infantry units have plus one. Does that mean your gun teams in that unit? Like if information? It's, if it's an infantry unit. So not so the not... HQ. If it's a gun unit, then no. So what about uh okay, so machine guns and stuff don't get if it depends right. on what it says in their entry. Okay. Let's have a quick goosey. Because this is where I think I always trip up is I I'm that's fine, but you end up paying a tax then for the extra bits, if that makes sense. Yeah. Armored SS Panzer Grenadiers. So. Uh, platoon. Here we go. That's the half tracks. Oh, they're not going to have any, are they, for the guns? Because they're all half tracks. So they won't count. Okay, that's interesting. Oh, infantry unit, yeah. So, so the 8cm mortar says infantry heavy weapon. And then the 12cm mortar says gun unit large gun. So some there of them will. Yeah. So you will pay a tax on the on some units as well. Which will that will add up fast, I think. You know, your cheap granite worth has suddenly become, yeah. you know, seven points for, three, uh, for four of them. I mean, unless you don't take them, I mean, that's... That's true. Yeah, I don't know. That's that's a quite a tricky question. I think it's one of those ones where you kind of have to know what. As of anything, you can't fall into the trap of looking at units in singularities. In vacuums, yeah. Yeah, you have to kind of go right. Well, what's it going with? What's what's doing what in you know what's filling those core requirements that you have in a list? Mm -hmm. you know, what's killing tanks? What's digging out infantry? What's capturing objectives? You know. What's going cool. in ambush, what's going in reserve, it all kind of fields. That's one of the strengths of Flames of War, really. You kind of. It's a trap that a lot of people fall into, isn't it? It's looking at singular, singular units in a vacuum and going, oh, this is overpriced because it does XYZ. Oh, this is amazing because, yeah. 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 I, there's some stuff that is, you know, you can look at it and go, that's quite standout. But yeah, generally speaking, you have to know what you're doing with. Yeah, and what you're doing with it. I mean, there's little things that people 
you know that's that's part of the beauty of you know thinking lists in your lunch break and stuff is that there's always <laughs> you know no one ever does that yeah I do your work hours <laughs> <laughs> that's flexible working though right yeah yeah exactly yeah I'm flexibly thinking about something that's not work I think my record was writing a uh, army list over the North Atlantic as we were doing. <laughs> Thinking of saying the toilet or something. Yeah, no, I don't have those in the plane. It's too small. Really? Yeah. Huh. Totally healthy. Anyway, that, my friends, is the end of an Officer Answers. <laughs> Amazing. That was a, that's a lot of content there. Some good questions. Yeah. But as always, there's terrible answers from us, but the questions were good. <laughs> <laughs> So a little asterisk requires more thought after everyone. Yeah, yeah. Seven out of ten, see me. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> could have tried harder. Have you got anything else to wrap up with? Uh, don't uh, think so. No, I, I'm. I'm just. Yeah, I, I've got some painting mojo back now because we've played some games. I think that's yeah, buddy. That's the way forward. Are you doing your Dutch? I am. I'm currently. I've painted my mortars now. My 120 mil mortars. Is that what that picture was? Mm. Yeah. Oh, do you want to jinx things to talk about our future events yes let's let's probably i, I probably <laughs> put the kiss of death onto it yeah so, so yeah we're hopeful hopeful that it will be some sort of event in pool or bournemouth i can't remember where it is exactly um being hosted by the likes of ben and coxer to do some team yankee mm. dun, dun, dun. 35 points um it's been like before um, the beginnings they've got in their community, but they invited us down. So, yeah. Well, we, you say invited, we kind of just went. Yeah, we'll be there. Must have yeah. got our way in. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. We, uh, like I say, we, it's obviously all up in the air, depends on the R value rapidly heading above one again. But um, yep. we shall see. Hopefully, it happens. R value spiraling. Uh, yeah. So, that's that's. <laughs> That's going to be interesting. I think 75 points is an interesting limit again. I like this as well. I like um, the wandering points values on events. It really mixes everything up. Well, yeah, because some units are better at small points than other uh, big points and all this kind of stuff. So, well, I, was... I worked out my British Gulf War British would be like basically three units. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is one of those units uh, the uh, MLRS? No, one of those units. <gasps> One of those things was the challenges, and after that, <laughs> they, 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 they suck most yeah. of the points up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I think it's, I think that'd be cool. It'd be, it'd be cool to just play some new stuff as well. Yeah. I think like, we all just... agree we're going to take a NATO army and a Warsaw Pact army each, and then we can balance sides yeah. up, keep it red and blue as well. So my yeah. Polish, my Polish was going to be my uh, Warsaw Pact army. Mm-hmm. But the question is, what do I do for the NATO army? Hummers. Canadians, you got Canadians, haven't you? I, my, uh, Canadian? Canadian mech with West German support. I've got um, M1A1s in in you know US desert with with the potential for having the the, the Humvee swarm, but that's a lot of work. I I think if you're gonna, how much are you away from getting your seventy five points for your finish for your Polish? Not far because it's going to just be an airbrush session and some decals to get them looking good enough for an event. 
because the infantry is all done. Yeah, but so, how, like volume, is it just the tanks? Oh, yeah, yeah. No, well, okay. the infantry's are painted, so it'd just be the tanks. And the BMPs. So the green and decals, I mean, that's, yeah. Okay. I'm not taking helicopters in it, and that, that because it would take that too much time to do. Okay. Then I, I would think something small and bijou to offset it. Maybe my maybe my um, AT's uh, British centurions with rapiers, not centurions, chieftains with rapiers. No, because I haven't built any of those. That's dumb. Shut up, Ed. <laughs> Have you got any of your own ones, mate? Built? Well, they're, they're, yeah, the desert ones are built. Yeah, I, I reckon there'll be no Americans there. Well, you sure reckon some desert M1A ones and just be ridiculous? It would just be. Oh, do I have to use my NATO? Okay, we're going to lose this game, but this will be fun. <laughs> well, yeah, but it will also upset anyone that just brings T-80s. Freedom intensifies. <laughs> yeah. Because the, the M1A1 can actually take on the T-80, can't it, head-to-head? Yes. Yeah, definitely. It's so, A-Tech 23, so it's... Um... <laughs> yeah, it's still fishing for ones and twos, but my God. My God. If you're putting out two shots out of these, maybe they've got three tanks, so you better make, make the most yeah, of it. Yeah, exactly, yeah. So, six shots. Yay! Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll see. Mm. Shall we shoot, scoot and shoot then, gentlemen? Yeah, so we're going to re- repeat some dice here, because we've burnt through our stuff. Oh, oh, no, no, Eddie's got oh, a stash. Oh, you've got a stash, down not Yeah, sorry. Yeah, I've got my stash. My dice will go stash. Let's have a look. Uh, and it is... Oh, how fitting is this? It is a red Soviet hammer and sickle dice <laughs> in yellow. If we're doing Team Yankee, it's trained. So it's a it trained. Is it? Um, not trained. Sorry, it's what's it conscript, isn't it? Fives. Skill five. Yeah, right. it's fine. In Soviet Russia, all you need is a hammer and sickle. Mm-hmm. That's a three. So. Uh... <laughs> And this is why I didn't blitz with T80s. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. We just move around the corner. This is far more just, reliable. My, 14, my four, movement 14 and that stabilizers, yeah. <laughs> the Armored Train Wreck of a podcast you've been listening to was Shoot and Scoot, the Flames of War podcast and the team at Break to Assault at Canada UK. I was brought to you by support from Battlefield Hobbies, Dice of War, and Intensifying Sovietism. Da, 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 da. <laughs> I try not to go backwards <laughs> hobby wise this this episode as well. Sorry? I try, I try to actually make some progress hobby wise this episode rather than maintain the state of the Aim more white appliances on your yeah. laptop. <laughs> yeah, I've got a tumble dryer standing by just in case I'm. <laughs> Honestly.